0: Dudes Watch Disney Podcast, we watch films and have a blast, rank them all from first to last, it's our podcast! Hello everyone, and welcome to Dudes Watch Disney episode 9. We are talking about Lady and the Tramp. Uh, My name is Jake. I'm Dustin and, and this we're... is a randomly serious intro. Yeah, I was about to say, what what's what's the deal, man? Well look, I didn't get the Peter Pan reference and now we're just done with doing intros. Yeah, like I've got nothing I got nothing. Look, okay. <laughs> Let's get everything out here at the beginning. Just cards on the table from the start. We already recorded this episode once <laughs> and things happened like happened with all podcasts and it's gone forever, sorry. It's actually there's like like three quarters of an episode but not sequential that it, it still live on and i guess i could play a sample of that here so you guys hear what it sounds like together what the situation is mm-hmm. they realize a baby is coming and lady doesn't talking about patient. the birds and what the bees they? and they they? stork yeah. she would have understood right away mm-hmm. but while he's my favorite oh, it's not my favorite but it's a great frank line from uh, everybody loves raymond or like, I don't remember which character it is, but they're talking about how great marriage is or whatever and how wonderful it is. That they're and Frank's <laughs> like, I don't like... like, like... Tramp says, no, 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 a baby is bad, news. <laughs> the point is, there's just chunks missing and the whole thing's unsalvageable. It is... It... In high school, a friend of mine burned a, a CD of different songs, and uh, I understand now why he gave it to me. I didn't understand it at the time, but like one of the songs, I don't know what happened, but uh, Love Shack is on there. But Love Shack is not in sequential. It's if Quentin Tarantino made Love Shack. Like <laughs> It's a non linear. Yeah, the words shack. are in the right order. And then Stand it will. Run Root, baby, Love Shack. Yeah, it jumps back. <laughs> uh it's it seems to go through backwards it begins at the end we called it the fucked up love shack yeah it's just it's messed up all the way around i don't know how to our explain episode it came out kind of like that so we're really crossing our fingers that that doesn't happen again especially not with this, this episode the second time around because we don't want to talk about this movie three times right i but... mean as as you probably just heard in the clip that he i'm sure inserted by now <laughs> uh, i'll <laughs> insert it all right <laughs> oh, 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 oh it's such a clip man uh, <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what i was what gonna was say <laughs> you turned into the racist <laughs> Chihuahua in this movie for a second uh, I don't know what I was gonna say now anyway so like one of us would be starting a st- or one of us would be at the end of the story and then it would jump back to the beginning of the story and then right. jump back even further to what led us to go down the road to that story the point is we were real concerned about okay we just had this episode. Now, how are we going to sit down and have the same conversation again and have it still be good or whatever? So we basically waited three months and now neither of us remember what we said during that episode. This is an experiment really for the show uh, because every other thing that we've done, we've watched relatively close to when we've recorded the episode. I think maybe the longest I've gone is a a couple of weeks. Atlas, we waited a while. which I think affected I guess, maybe. how that well, episode played Not really, because I wouldn't have had anything to say positive about a- right. Alice anyway. Uh, maybe less than a month but is the longest point. we've ever gone, right. I think. This has been, it was November, and it's current not to spoil this right. because there's no way this is coming out in any relatively close time, but it's January now. Right, yeah, it was the end of November now. It's the towards the end of January. It's been two months. Hmm. Uh, I don't remember anything we said. I, I don't remember, I certainly don't remember anything I wrote down on this paper. That's so. the thing, is we're going in with cold notes, and I have rewatched the movie. I don't think Dustin has. No, so. no I have not. not so at let's all. hope these notes we don't remember are real nice and thorough. Which, if you, ha- if you remember from us talking, about them in earlier episodes jake takes incredibly detailed notes usually printed out and uh, just well researched and well done and i don't even write down like complete thoughts (laughs) like i'll just write two or three words and you know and 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 because we've been watching these things close to when we or recording these things close to when we've watched them that's paid off i've understood what i meant but there is a chance uh, that I'm not going. For example, it looks like the first two words were "are bone drawing." I understand what I meant to say was "line drawing." Maybe that's what it's supposed to say. Okay, but it says "bone drawing," so who knows? While we're inserting clips, uh, for an example of Dustin's note taking, uh, let's hear this example of his note taking on "Alice in Wonderland." <laughs> fly can talk, despite talking to Doorknob, Rabbit, Dodo, Lizard, etc. Flowers sing to her, but they bully Alice. Discovers hookah-smoking caterpillar. That was 40 minutes of the movie in a paragraph. <laughs> Discovers hookah-smoking caterpillar singing vowel song. Can't get all legs to cooperate. Gets super cranky, but tells her about size-changing mushrooms, Mario. Grows enormous bird, thinks she's a serpent. Finally right size, but lost Meets cat gives her direction. <laughs> Talks. Uh talks about Hatter and Hare. Very merry on birthday. After several annoying minutes, rabbit arrives. Break his watch and throw him out. <laughs> period. I wrote a period after that one. <laughs> I may have too soon. Dude, you don't have to do the sound. It already does that. Out. Copy that. I'm not going to make the sound after I say stuff. From now on. JD McNugent. Over and out that was the last one so that's just a taste of that so imagine reading that after having not seen it in three months we'll see how it goes uh but good news is we like this movie a lot more than we did alice in wonderland so if yep, we do i mean i had a really good time watching this movie mm-hmm. uh our peter pant episode just uh, just dropped i believe that's the lingo the uh yes the kids is using these days uh and I remembered, as I listened to the episode, how much fun I had uh, watching that movie and uh, and then talking about it later. Like, it was a really good time. And I know mm-hmm. you originally didn't enjoy the movie all that Correct. much. But then as we talked about it, about it... But talking about it was fun. I remember and I that. think improved your overall enjoyment of the movie. So this movie we both enjoyed separately, so maybe... Mm-hmm we'll see now this is the first time as he was saying that we kind of know what the other one is thinking going in and all the other i mean that well you told me your score before we started but i didn't remember right all the other ones we've recorded we haven't talked about it at all we watch them separately just to go back over what we do with the show we each watch them separately yes uh we don't talk to each other about them other than hey did you see this part maybe but other than that pretty much don't say anything about it right uh other than hey we're gonna try to go in cold until we hit record Right, and so we don't Which normally know. Why we get things like, now. you like Peter Pan yeah. and I didn't. And then it's like, well, oh well. Right. But maybe, um, as we start talking, it might come back to us, what we said before. Who knows? Hope so. But uh, Lady and the Tramp. As a fun note, we might have some special <laughs> guest dogs for this dog episode. <laughs> All right, Lady and the Tramp, uh, released in 19... I said released. <laughs> they just <laughs> released it in 1955. <laughs> released in 1955 was based on a book called happy dan the whistling dog which seemed adorable that is yeah it's kind of nice yeah Uh, i don't believe dogs can whistle i don't think so you know who else can't whistle jake jake (laughs) jake not a whistler Yeah. Again, with the whistling in the Disney movies. It's a trope. Was this movie one you watched often growing up? I think so. I think it was one that, uh, was in the rotation. I Mm -hmm. don't know if it was the one we watched the most often, but it was definitely one that we had and one that we, we watched fairly regularly. Yeah. I watched it a lot. I don't know how much I watched it in my young childhood years, but, uh, later on when I was like, post 10 i don't know i was gonna say teenager but probably younger than that this ended up at my grandma's house along with snow whites and uh, rescuers down under and whatever else was over there and was definitely in the grandma's house rotation and uh yeah and i watched it an awful lot over there everyone likes dogs i think that was a big part of it even though this is sort of a uh romantic movie that you wouldn't think me who doesn't didn't like girl movies at all as a kid growing Mm -hmm. up would have appreciated this one for some reason was uh immune to that maybe it's just because i like spaghetti i don't know spaghetti and dogs those are things that are universally (laughs) loved uh not relatedness i mean partially related to this movie what if you had to rank the best dog movies of all time like what would you put uh homeward bound's probably the one we watched the most homeward bound would be my favorite i remember watching beethoven i've never seen like lassie or like Uh Old Yeller, never seen that? Yeah, never seen that either. Maybe we're not, not qualified for that. That's this. a Disney movie. There you go. It's nope. not animated, but maybe that's a thing we should watch for the podcast. Could be. Might yeah. have our own uh, viewpoints Had on a it. Sad episode, sad cast. If you just wanted to go Disney cartoon dog movies. <laughs> mm, uh, I like this and Dalmatians an awful lot. I'd be hard to well, I mean we'll find out when we get to both of them. We can do our true. rankings. But definitely Homeward Bound would be top. Um Another, another? Another? Was, was have you good. ever watched any of the like uh air buddy and like i think i saw air bud once okay f- f- like during school i got like, bored and was watched whichever or something the christmas buddies it. santa buddies i think that maybe it, yeah. santa pause to get ready for the coming of santa i don't know the coming of santa Paws. i don't know i'm sure it was dog shit it was not good no the movie with the uh, cuba gooding where he's snow dogs yeah I don't think I... That was a Nickelodeon movie, I think. I think so. How do you feel about Homeward Bound 2? I don't remember anything about it. Okay, I watched that way more than the first one because the first one was sad mm-hmm. and the second one is in no way sad. It is pure little kids are going to watch this. Mm-hmm. So. But the film opens up and uh, it is a snowy Christmas open. And this would have been cool if this episode came out around Christmas like we were hoping, but it doesn't. <laughs> but do you, this sort of... I think I would count this as a Christmas movie. I never had in the past, but you're right; it does take place uh, at Christmas time. Christmas at the beginning and the end of the film, right? And I like I do like stories, and this I don't know if this counts as I guess it sort of counts as a Disney trope too, of like starting the story and then ending the story a year later. I suppose Bambi sort of does that. You get the, yeah. the changing of the seasons, although time in Bambi is a little it's, funky. Yeah. Uh, now that I think about it, but I like that starting. Watch them for a year. Here's see how they've grown are. see how things change their story right uh the show opens as you said uh with a snowy scene at christmas time and a terrible knockoff of silent night it is like we want we thought about doing silent night but right then we thought we could just write our own song that would be cool like the jimmy Hart version right. what if we made a song <laughs> silent that night pretty much sounds like silent night the requisite amount of notes changed <laughs> right <laughs> uh yeah that is that is pretty bad um but uh, the first thing I noticed in the scene is, like, just the stylistic choices we make in regards to um, one of the strongest features of this movie, I think, is we're telling a story from a dog's perspective, which is why the people are always shown, nearly always shown, from the ankles up, like, and you don't you don't know their real names. Lady thinks that her owner's names are Jim Deere and Darling, because that's what they call each other, and, and uh, you know, always trying to get out of the way the feet's moving around in the dog's way like everything's very it's a good stylistic way of showing like a dog's perspective i think and i think it's a it's a it's a creative decision it's mm-hmm. an artistic decision and to commit to that and make yeah, sure we, a we movie. stick to it for the whole movie uh where I, I don't think they would stick to that now if they made this movie today i think disney would i think dreamworks would well dreamworks definitely would <laughs> right not. uh yeah, I think it's 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 a very mature kind of style to do. But I think a lot of filmmakers wouldn't think it's, of that. Uh, it gives you sort of a, a Rugrats vibe. Yeah, I think I'd say they they do Rugrats that a little did that bit. a lot too. Oh, there are scenes in Rugrats where you do get to see the adults' faces, and they're yeah. like, if the babies are not really. Rugrats has an omniscient narrator. I feel like it can show us anything. Right. Generally, when the babies are around, we get their perspective. Right if the babies are in the other room we see the adults talking like normal you're right they're not as committed to it as uh but that's a 20 minute show as opposed to a movie right but yeah so the commitment to stick with that everything in this movie is presented from the dog's point of view yeah which i think is and we'll see this later when we score it i think it's a great way to tell this story yeah absolutely and i don't think i would be interested in a story with dogs falling in love if it were not told from that story from yeah. that point of view now uh i know they made a sequel to this years later i, I believe it didn't do anything oh. about that so it didn't it didn't stick with that viewpoint i have at all. not watched scamps adventure or whatever the fuck it's called that Beats me <laughs> i believe that's one of those fucking terrible uh disney direct-to-video sequels where it's just like it's the same story but with the kids of the mm. main characters of the first one mm-hmm. and we'll make them cute enough and you'll still like it well, if you're eight. Well, right. That's all you're shooting for. But right here at the beginning we get to meet a lady as a puppy. She's being given as a gift from Jim Deere to Darling as Oh, it's Christmas time, here's here's my gift. It's a baby dog. No one says baby dog, it's a puppy. <laughs> right. Now there would be uh, there would be some sort of uh, Twitter boycott of this. Movie. Should put a dog in a box. Well, it's a thing now. With the uh, what's the dog movie that's out? Well, uh, yeah, a dog's know. purpose yeah. or something. Yeah, there's some sort of controversy with that. Film. Well, I wasn't gonna just say because the dog is in a box, because because they're giving the dog as a gift. And every year around Christmas time, the like animal, the people who uh, feel the need to take up for animal rights are all oh, yeah. you know. They say don't, don't give them as gifts because right, it's a responsibility. Because it's a responsibility, and because often the kids play with them for a little bit and then don't want them and speaking of homeward bound Two, the uh the closest thing you get to a villain i guess in that film is a dog that his motivation was he was given as a gift to a little boy and the boy didn't want to play with him so he got abandoned and then that's why whatever the fuck the plot of that movie was (laughs) just jumping back to that one uh that that is definitely a, a a dog is not a gift it's a responsibility I mean it could be a gift in this if we don't know the the background of Jim Deere and Darling if it's a thing you've talked about wanting for a while right now like, but just is like, like darling would probably still want to pick the dog though <laughs> uh, yeah but it's the 50s are we letting women pick things all that often like it's does she in the 50s <laughs> Huh? well okay there's made, in the, made in the 50s and, and sure. the story takes place early in that like 1910 or something right so i mean are we letting women make those kinds of decisions not sure i was just gonna say not in i mean yes children get dogs as presents sometimes too but also it's like uh it's our first couple uh christmas or whatever let me get her a dog that's like, a bad idea as well <laughs> right also a terrible if you're dog. a new couple like don't right getting a dog's not gonna help you <laughs> it's right it's not Especially, how you keep things together yeah But anyway, they get a puppy, and they decide to name her Lady, Mm -hmm. uh, because she looks like such a little lady. As someone with a new puppy, uh, this opening scene resonates very well, because it takes us right to the first night with Lady, and she's, oh, well, darling, we'll leave her down here, here's her bed, let me put down the newspaper right next to it, and we'll just walk upstairs and go to bed, and then just 10 straight minutes of dog whining, which is... The whining was a little too spot on, I felt, because it led me into, like, oh, God, we got to shut that up, like, (laughs) terror sweats for a minute, but then we get Jim Deere coming back downstairs, no, no, stop that in there, stop it, lady, stop that barking, and then lady is very, uh, uh, very intelligent and resourceful, is able to figure out pushing the door open, and then even when there's a chair in front of it, she still pushes it open, and hops her way up the stairs right the stairs a a disney trope of characters struggling to go upstairs we yeah we got that with jock and uh yeah jock and gus Gus. and mickey and the beanstalk who that's also like stairs apparently are a major obstacle which which is sort of maybe if you're making stories for children stairs can be an obstacle Mm -hmm. for children maybe that's what that's supposed to be relatable for them i don't know but yeah so lady struggles to get up the stairs but makes it and then of course they decide to let her stay for but one night just for tonight which then we fast forward six months and she just lives in the bed now and that's exactly how it works out there if you have a puppy there's no such thing as just one night but i found the music here uh very playful with everything uh lady's doing it's like okay you know it goes to like sad sort of slow music of go to bed now lady and then jim deer walks out of the room and then as soon as he's gone lady starts like puppying around the room and it's like and it's that's it's just a fun little tune it is nice it matches and, the playfulness of the puppies right and with a puppy and with the way they presented lady so far like even when they mess up you can't get that mad at right. them they don't know what they're doing they're still pretty adorable right uh, most of them anyway and then she, so that's what's going on with lady like she i mean she hasn't done anything really that bad at this point other than right. refuse to go to sleep well oh, they're not going to show a dog shitting all over the floor in a right. disney movie um true uh, Jim Deere and Darling, I noticed, uh, sleeping in the same bed There's in the piece of media from the 1950s. That's kind of a big deal. That was uncommon at the time. Like, Lucille Ball and Ricky Ricardo definitely had separate beds and fucking... I'm sure that lasted a while. I find it interesting that you decided to go with his name on the show (laughs) and her real life name. It was a weird bit of like, I love Lucy kayfabe. You didn't want to keep there. Like it's Lucy and Ricky Ricardo or Lucille Ball and Desi (laughs) Arnaz. Like you you, you can't. Uh, That was probably just my brain slipping on. I love Lucy knowledge because I haven't watched that since I was eight. But uh, Fred was the neighbor, right? Fred Mertz. Oh, I, think, I didn't remember his name i think that's right i don't know fred and ethel Ethel, yeah huh was ethel also the name of the lady in all in the family edith 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 bunker edith and ethel whatever edith bunker and carol o'connor if we're playing by <laughs> your weird like half real name half character name Lady brings Jim Deere his <laughs> slippers in the morning, which, why doesn't my dog do that? Yeah, like, yeah, that's awesome. very helpful. She yeah. goes outside to get the paper for them, too. Yeah. And there's while a, she's out there. Well, there's a cute flower thing that happens out oh, there. Oh, hey, yeah, that's right. Because yes. I think she has a bone she's carrying outside or something. Mm-hmm. She digs a big hole, buries it, and destroys a flower bed in the process. And then kicks all the dirt back behind her and realizes the flower's mm-hmm. down. And, like, turns around and picks it up and sets it back up. But it's upside down. So that was pretty cute, I thought. There's a lot of cute in this movie it's that's true. probably going to be well, we, most we of my front notes. Load it with cute. I suppose the cute slows down yeah. after a while. But then uh while she's in the backyard, she notices a a creature that she's not a fan of. That right. is the there's a rat. Rat that lives rat in the backyard in the yard. and he will come back and play a role later in the movie, so right. I think it's smart to introduce him here. Yeah, I was uh Sort of struggling to remember, despite watching this a lot as a kid, I sort of struggled to remember the actual plot points. I mostly just remembered like uh, the spaghetti scene and the gopher at the zoo and not remembering like where the full arc of things go. And then as soon as I showed that rat, I just wrote rat equals plot point in my notes and that summed it up. I was like, Oh yeah, this is a thing. I gotta watch out for that. So she, once the rat uh, leaves, she grabs the newspaper and proceeds to try to bring it in the house. Yeah, she gets strugg- caught in the mail yeah. slot, gets a little torn up, struggles not to get doggy, it through the, the doggy, doggy door. Doggy door. Yes. Yes. Not a mail slot. She's not so small; she can fit through the <laughs> mail slot, but through the doggy door, uh, she she drags it in, but it rips up part of the outside portion of the newspaper. Yep, which allows Jim to make a silly joke. Yeah, he says. Uh, it cuts to Jim and uh, Darling enjoying their morning tea or coffee or whatever. And uh, he's looking through the giant hole in the newspaper, and it's like, have you ever noticed since we got Lady, we see so few of those ghastly headlines or something? (laughs) Pretty silly. Also, Lady gets tea and donuts on the ground. That was probably not supposed to feed your dog that. I wouldn't think so, but... The real point of this scene is, hey, we should get Lady a license, which is a big, big day for a dog, I guess, because she just turned six months old, which... I don't know why they waited that long. Maybe they didn't know. Maybe that's like a cutoff point when you get a dog. Well, of Times are hard back Maybe, Maybe he won't last this long. Right. Let's not it's invest like... in a license just yet. You never know. But she gets the license and she looks pretty. And then we get to meet the neighbor dogs. We got uh, a very, very Scottish Scotty named Jacques, which I wrote Jacques in my notes. I did too at first. Because I did not understand that Jacques is in is a Scottish name as opposed to the French name Jacques. But right. So it's jock like <clears throat> football jock if right. you're playing at home. I first wrote Jack and thought they were just saying it wrong. Then wrote jock and now have settled on jock. He, he calls Lady Lassie. And also, he's really adorable. I don't, I've don't never owned a Scotty, but he's real cute. He is real cute and he's he's really friendly uh, mm-hmm. to both Lady and to uh, the trusty. Yes, his name? The, the other neighbor dog. Trusty is a bloodhound. And uh, we'll get to him in just a little bit. Our introductory scene for jock here is he uh is bringing his bone out to the backyard and he's singing a song about a bunny bunny bone and I don't know and he goes and he digs up this big pile of bones and he's like in secret stash and then while he's looking at like this private moment here that's when lady sneaks up behind him and he has to like put his butt on it and try to cover it up the whole time he's carrying Mm -hmm. on a conversation which is pretty pretty good comedy we're getting a little bit of uh comedy in these opening scenes like you said they sort of play like uh have you noticed something different about me jock for a little while and it takes him a minute to realize it's the license i think he says like oh you got a bath you had your your nails trimmed or something and right but then Trusty notices it right away upon his arrival right i think they say oh we gotta go show this to Trusty. you know this will be a big deal and we could kind of sneak up on Trusty while he's sleeping and we sort of uh exposition our way through a conversation about how Trusty lost his sense of smell in the past, and how it's one of the worst things that could happen to a dog, and Jacques, Jacques I'm going to continue to <laughs> French up his name. Yeah, Jacques says they can't let on that they know about right. it. Trusty, even though he has lost his sense of smell, uh, is uh, still, he notices things about the world around him and notices mm-hmm. the, the license right away. He's a good friend. Right. He forgets stuff every now and then, but he notices the license right away, which is good. Right. Well, you lose one sense of smell, your others get you lose one sense your others get better (laughs) um really funny in this scene is he's sort of sniffing while while jock is explaining how he's lost his sense of smell he's like dream sniffing out something like he's chasing a a convict or something like that but he's really a caterpillar that's like scooching his way across the porch and uh he's like sniffing around the caterpillar hides and then that. Causes Trusty to wake up, and as soon as he wakes up, he's like, Oh, which way did he go? Which way is he? He must be. He was a big fella. He must be six foot two, six foot three. And while he's saying (laughs) this in the background, you see the uh, caterpillar like, What? Who? Is he talking about me? (laughs) Like And, like, posing and doing, like, bicep flexes and stuff. That was really fun. But the main thing Trusty's known for in this film is bringing up his dad. Oh, reliable. Don't recollect if I ever mentioned him before. I... You have, laddie. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and that joke happens at least... I think it's a rule of three situation where we do it here, bring it up again, and then at the end of the film we get the, the payoff for it. But trusty may not have the best memory. So the two dogs, or three dogs, I guess, mm-hmm. spend, spend some time all talking, chatting <clears throat> it up. Mm-hmm. And a fourth dog uh, gets introduced. Nope. Nope. Does he not? That's, that's a few scenes away. Oh, well, never mind. So the three <laughs> dogs talk it up, and... At this point we see... Uh, Jim Deere, I believe, is calling for Lady because it's time for their walk. And we get to sort of see an establishment of what their relationship is like. Uh, going out for a walk. And when they're coming back in, we get to see Lady, like, run and bark her way up the steps. And then she does this little pose thing. And Jim Deere will, like, balance a ball on her nose. And we get a real establishment of the way things are because, spoilers, we're about to tear that down. Yeah, things are going to change I believe for Lady. the line is, uh, a Jock is watching this and seeing how how well ladies loved and says look at that nothing could take her place in their hearts dun 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 <laughs> right and now we get to meet dog uh, the other dog the other titular dog in this movie his name's tramp although there were uh a couple of other names thrown around i noticed this oh and in, in, on, on the internet oh wow uh, never been there some of these names were homer uh rags and bozo <laughs> <laughs> which lady and bozo sounds yeah. like probably wouldn't have been well, as good of a film. bozo and the lady could work maybe uh but yeah you're right this is, there's there's a trope on on tv tropes that's pretty famous called uh seinfeld isn't funny where basically it's a theory of there's a lot of people that think seinfeld is not a very funny show because the actual plot lines and what happens feel like cliched and hackneyed and they've been done a lot before but what's ironic is It hasn't been done before. That was the first time it was done. And in everyone's minds, it just feels like it's been done a million times because they've seen it done worse since then. And I feel like that applies here with our introduction of Lady and Tramp in this movie because nowadays it feels like every single rom-com that's ever been made where it's like, yeah she's a rich wealthy lady from this side of the world but then here's the guy on the other side of the track yeah, and that's and literally where we find right tramp as well <coughs> you're right uh this does become what every romance what right. every uh wrong how will these later. two right and it follows step yeah. by step too right. like she can he's he's got a bad streak but she can <laughs> change him like she sees the good in him like... <laughs> <laughs> all of that and like will will he bring her down or will she finally make him the man he was and even, always meant to be and even in the middle of the film we get to see them out on their own she gets he gets to show her what life is like out in the real world when you're not living with your humans and seemed like an apl- applicable trope here applying yeah, I mean, it's, you know, she leaves her fancy ass world to go and see how the other half lives. Right. Similar to the Conway Twitty song, <laughs> "Tight Fitting Jeans." Is it? <laughs> where the woman, where the woman in the song, uh, is unhappy in her marriage. In her jeans? <laughs> no, she doesn't normally wear jeans. Uh, I married money. I'm used to wearing pearls, but oh. I always dreamed of being a good old boy's girl. And so he, well, she runs, go. she steps out on her husband dressed in her tight-fitting jeans to uh, go find a cowboy and sow her her wild oats or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot like that, but with dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be a sidetrack. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Tramp's looking for breakfast, and then uh, we get to see what his life is like out on the streets, and he's he's got. All the freedom to choose. He's like looking at different bakeries and uh, like pastry shops and restaurants where he can get his breakfast. Yeah, all places that will share food with him mm -hmm. and have shared with him in the past. He just kind of goes from... As, As he explains later in the movie, it's like he has a different family for every day of the week. So... Right. We get so, this introduced here, and then he decides to go to Tony's. It's a Italian restaurant. Right. I wrote down, goes to Tony's for food, gets bones from Italian Smee. I also wrote Italian Smee in here. Same right. voice actor as Smee. He also voices a... uh, Jock in this movie. He does? Well, he, does. he also voices the English bulldog guy in The And in the, the guy at the zoo, uh, the cop at the zoo. Oh yeah, this but, guy uh, gets he's, around. He's, yeah, I hope they paid him five times for this movie. But after how much we enjoyed Smee in the previous film, I was glad to hear this guy. Because he's pretty much just as bumbling as fucking Luigi here or whatever his character's name is. Uh, t- uh, not Tony, because Tony's the other guy. Right. Uh, Smee. He and Tony have a lot of fun banter later with, oh, okay, he's a-talking to you. Smee-geo? <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. So he gets a nice bone and uh, decides to go about his day. (laughs) I'm looking it up. Look it up. He goes about his day, but as he's going, he sees a notice posted on the fence being hammered in there by a, uh, I believe, by the dog catcher, and the notice says something very detailed about, hey, put your dogs on a leash or we'll take them away. No stray dogs allowed. Tramp reads this aloud to everyone, because I guess dogs know how to read. That's important. It's useful information. And as he's doing this, he sees an English bulldog and uh, another kind of dog. The lady girl dog. I don't know. The one who sings later in the movie. Uh, what in the world is a lady girl dog? What kind of dog is the girl? The girl that sings, he's a tramp. Whatever I have no idea what kind, kind of dog, of dog she's is. supposed to be. The point is, Tramp rescues well, them from the me. dog catcher. And uh, yeah, saves them from going to the pound. And they, I think, they sort of have to run away from the dog catcher here because that's when Tramp ends up in a different part of town, which he refers to as Snob Hill. It's a, you know, the ritzy neighborhood where Lady lives, and he jokes about, oh, they probably got a, a lock on every trash can and a fence around every tree, and can really see that he uh, is not used to this part of the world. Do you have anything to add for any of these scenes, Joe? His name is Joe. <laughs> Italian Smee, Tony and Joe. His name is Joe. We haven't even met Tony yet. As in, that's Uncle Joe. He's moving kind of slow at the junction. Petticoat junction. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you're you saying... This country western episode. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened with that. Uh, dog catcher cracking down. Tramp frees a few... Oh, yeah, yeah. Tramp freed some dogs. Did you say that? I did say that. I got distracted. Lady girl dog. Uh, <laughs> oh, but then lady we see lady and no walk okay. today <laughs> so we are on the next scene <laughs> i am <laughs> uh joe is tony's sidekick an employee of tony's restaurant in disney's 1955 film lady and the tramp does he have his own wiki page uh he has a disney disney page hmm. here's his physical description his personality anyway so lady goes uh, the lady's always been home so never mind you start over But then we see in a new scene, Lady is sad and she thinks that she has done something wrong because she can tell the adults are acting weird and something has changed. So right away, what we established in the previous scene has now been changed. The status quo has been affected because we see a flashback of how we got to this situation and it seems like Jim Deere has no time for Lady and her tricks Uh, As opposed to, you know, before it was, Oh, Jim's home. Uh, Lady, how you doing? Go hop up the stairs, pose, and I'll put the thing on your nose. Now he's got no time for her, whatever. He blows right past her and goes inside. And then, like, Lady gets locked outside. She has to run around and go in through the doggy door. And uh, when when she's coming around, she hears herself referred to as that dog. Yeah, and that, uh, that cuts right through you as you're watching. Like, you know how how they appreciated her before and how connected she felt to the family, how connected she felt to them earlier in the movie and the affection they all felt for each other. And now, yeah, Jim Deere saying to darling, Oh, I worry about you locked up in here with that dog all day. Boom. And even as ladies telling this story, uh, she's telling it to trusty and jock and immediately they're like no he didn't say that right now if you're a child this probably doesn't mean much to you you probably don't pick up on it well you can probably tell from the from their the reaction yeah. sure but uh as an as an adult watching this like as soon as she said it like i had the same reaction that <laughs> that uh that jock and trusty had of oh Oh hell no! Despite oh, okay. the fact that you call your dog way worse things oh, yeah, on definitely. a daily basis, but if you do that on the daily, then no one is uh, no one they is hurt none by none the wiser exactly. And dogs don't know. So here's the thing: if like, they think their name is dumb shit, what difference exactly. does it make? Like I do say mean things about my dog and to my dog, but mm. she doesn't know that because she's a fucking dog. And right. So this is the sort of thing that like. uh when i do this uh our mom especially will correct us all the time and be like she's not dumb <laughs> it's like it's okay that i called her dumb she doesn't know the difference like she doesn't know that's a bad word right like, it's okay no she's not a good girl she like, doesn't speak this language right it's if fine. i say hey dumbass come here and she comes then that's good <laughs> that's Like funny yeah uh all reliable gets mentioned again here <laughs> and uh then we see another flashback where even further than this lady actually got struck by Darling because I believe she was trying to get Darling to play while Darling was knitting and humming mm-hmm. and she stole the little ball of yarn and then right away, smack right mm-hmm. on the ass. And For the first time that she's mm-hmm. know, been treated that way. I think she says something like, it didn't hurt really, but it just it didn't feel good or something right. like that. It, it surprised her. It hurt her yeah. pride more than anything. And that, uh... This leads to Trusty trying to explain reproduction to Lady. To so then Trusty and Jock piece together what the real situation is, which is that uh, Darling and Jim Deere are expecting. Right. But the way Trusty goes about it is, uh, well, I don't know if you ever heard about the birds and, and the bees. Uh, no? Uh, how about, uh, the stork? uh, uh, uh and he just stammers his way through everything. But as he's trying to explain, this is where we see Tramp has entered the scene, and he explains what a baby really is, and this is when we sort of get a a peek at Tramp's backstory about, he's sort of gone through this himself, and he explains that, you know, whereas before it was all, look at all the nice cuts of meat you get to eat, nope, leftover baby food, and used to be nice warm bed by the fire, and then it was, nope, leaky doghouse, and and then he like does like a silly voice and is like, "Put that dog out! You'll wake the baby or mm-hmm. something." And he explains that when a baby moves in, the dog moves out, which absolutely did happen when you were a baby. We had <laughs> a a dog. I uh, got old, a dog uh, old gadget the year before you were born, and it lived inside and it was fantastic and had a great life. And then mm-hmm. Jake was born, and it didn't move out right away, but. Uh, eventually did have to move out and that dog resented you yeah i don't think he ever liked life me. yeah yeah not much can be done about that but then we get some time passing and uh you know the pregnancy is going along and there's a little bit of uh fun comedy here which is i mean it's a little like sitcom comedy of like <laughs> uh the man's asking like when will we know the sex of the baby and you see he's got like baseball bats and mm-hmm. footballs and shits and then the woman's like, oh, it won't be for another two or three months at least. And we see her, like, writing down, like, Sally Mae, oh, Betty yeah. Sue. Possible <laughs> girl names that are right. fancier and prettier than those two that you picked out. I don't remember what they were. But, Betty uh, Sue. And then we get, again, again, what seems like the most played out jokes ever. But for a 60-year-old film, maybe not so much. Where, oh, it's like three in the morning in a snowstorm. And Jim Deere's like, oh, you wanted watermelon are you sure and she's like yeah and chop suey and then he has to go get those in the middle of a blizzard and then we get the way men and women are different at a baby shower where all of the women friends are like oh you look you look so beautiful you look radiant isn't that what i said she's radiant oh just looking so like so I, i'm jealous of i'm so envious of how you look today and then we cut to the men and they're like oh you look like crap man how are you holding up and <laughs> Just silliness. And then it's finally time. The baby is had and it is a boy. We get more stereotypical humor here too though where Jim gets excited that the baby is born and that it's a boy so uh, he informs the closest pers- possible person about this right away, which is the doctor. <laughs> right, yeah, doctor. It's a boy. And then I, I know, right. And then he calls to tell the rest of the family. They ask him questions like, "What color are its eyes?" And of course, he doesn't know that. All he only <laughs> cared about the gender or the sex of the baby, right. and yeah. So we had to go back and check on that. But... Right. A lot of a lot of silly marriage humor here, um, but then we sort of. Uh fast forward a little bit after the the craziness of the the birth scene and we get this what i've always found to be the weirdest and like lamest part of this movie is this weird like inner monologue song from lady which is just like everything she's i don't even know if it's supposed to be a song because i don't think it rhymes but it's like sing talked and it's like oh i what is a baby anyway and, right oh i always hated that But she's, like, curious and walking up the stairs and has got to see it. And then we get, like, I guess the sweet, sad, like, lullaby kind of song of, oh, here's the woman loving the baby and not loving the dog. and Should we, I think we should at some point make a countdown of, or maybe just keep track of in each movie. In each movie, what's the song that Jake probably fast-forwarded through? (laughs) Definitely this one. uh, Yeah, for this movie, it's this one. Uh for peter pan probably your mother and mine or whatever would be a good one. is word. that what it was called yeah yeah i mean i didn't watch peter pan often but yes right that, Alice, Alice we fast. didn't watch so that wouldn't be a good example um cinderella mm-hmm. i mean snow white probably someday my prince will come just get mm-hmm. it right out of the way yep. and start the movie right after that song <laughs> right other than that yeah there's definitely been like if we were just ranking like best song worst song in all of these movies i mean it I suppose Dumbo would have been a hard one for worse Song, but... Uh, speaking of Dumbo, should we talk about this now? Uh, the news that they're making the, the live-action Dumbo is, is going to be a thing? I mean, they can't really make it worse, can they? Well, no, but I have no idea. It's so bad. Do you think there are... I mean, there have to be people out there that like Dumbo. Like, are there people that we're offending each time we bring back up, like, how much we hate Dumbo? I... I mean, there might be people who watched it as a kid and never since. Cause I have, uh, I tried to mention it the other. I don't remember why we were talking about it in my one of my classes the other day, and I had, a, and I mentioned that it was the worst possible disney shit. movie and this girl looks so sad and she was like i used to watch that all the time when i was little and i just really liked it and so at least it was something she hadn't watched since she was little so right. I was like if you went back and watched it again i think you would see that it's really not very good but you know if, if there's people out there who do like dumbo like sorry not sorry that movie sucks <laughs> like right. i started to try to apologize but i can't do it like that movie is so bad but back to this movie yeah she does her her monologue song exploring what the baby's like and she yeah. kind of did the second time where uh lady is like next to the crib like oh yeah. i gotta see what this baby looks like jim comes up behind her and like puts a hand down to pick her up and uh well we see he wants to pick her up but lady thinks he's she's gonna get hit and she like flinches like right as that's happening mm-hmm. and then realize oh oh okay and then he picks her up and shows her the baby yeah they, they i mean they've got a, a little family yeah i think you know. that sort of encapsulates that also the baby looks really creepy it looks like photoshopped in yeah, to the movie that's a good point because it's just a, i guess they wanted to show a completely foreign style but it looks like we took a snapshot of a baby and cut it out and pasted it into this cartoon ass world like it looks weird but they they find like i said they find their sort of equilibrium they find mm-hmm. a way to be everyone's on good terms things are going okay like the lady's life is not the same as it was before the baby right but she's still living relatively well uh she's she likes the baby the baby's okay with her she gets along with jim and darling which, but now that this is set up let's knock it down right uh the jim deer and darling have to leave town i don't know that it's ever discussed why but they got somewhere to go and it's not going to it's going to be a couple days or something like that and uh obviously they can't leave their dog and their baby home alone which is why bitchy aunt sarah is coming over she's going to watch the house and she immediately shows up and shoos them out the door like oh let me see the baby you guys get going i got this covered blah 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 bitchy Aunt Sarah, voiced by the fairy godmother from cinderella is that so Mm -hmm. Hmm. i do notice we get to see bitchy aunt sarah's face uh as opposed to these other characters that is true i don't know what the reason for that was other than just make her look different from everything else because she's going to be more of a direct character antagonist kind of obstacle something like that probably the idea the point is she hates dogs Mm -hmm. and immediately like lady walks in with to the baby's room with her and is like oh well what's happening in here and she's like ah get out what are you doing in here and puts her out in the backyard and right she not only not only does aunt sarah come but she brings with her culturally insensitive cats correct we uh get a little more of this we can never get away from this in disney movies but uh yeah, the Siamese cats uh, that are just casually racist. They are complete, uh, you know, Chinese stereotypes that uh, get to sing a song in broken English. And yeah. I will say the song at least doesn't start out with the dun 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 dun, because I was expecting that shit. Well, it'd be but... Japan, right? they use that for whatever fucking asian racism oh, that's true it could have started with it It might actually i was about to say it could have started with a big gong hit. it probably does it might actually have done that anyway i think it's a catchy song just the anyway, same i enjoyed the yeah. uh, keyboards i uh i know the, not your favorite white stripes album but i enjoy like Ba-do-bum-bum. uh get behind me satan for the use of uh keyboards it's the only time the white stripes have been compared to a disney song no but that album features a lot of that's one similarity. xylophones, xylophones and, and, and keyboards yeah that's not Ooh. my favorite white stripes no album, i understand but it's, that it's but i like it a lot uh i like it much better than Icky thump there i said it oh i like Icky Thump. i know you do but i like this Elephant's still the best right oh, well sure okay. but welcome back to white stripes cast <laughs> uh, uh the point is should we talk the about... song yeah the song we are we are siamese and we we may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but our mother is really bad at remembering lyrics to songs. She Accurate. She sometimes will combine two songs into one. Like, do your example first. <laughs> there was uh, recently, for whatever reason, we were talking about the Bee Gees, and she was talking trying to tell us how much she liked the song uh, Night Fever. But when she sang it, she sang night fever bah, to, to bah, the tune bah, of bah, jive talking which is jive talking <laughs> right and BG then it was song. upset when i t- had the nerve to tell her that was wrong right um give me she tried to to do leonard skinnard uh give me three steps and said give me two steps mister like with confidence yeah yeah that's the <laughs> thing like if you we were just out. not sure of the words that'd be one thing but she delivers these with gusto right there is a recent example this past weekend where we were playing uh this board game we bought where you have to like draw out, like, the titles of songs and get people to guess them, and it's probably the only time we're gonna play that game, because no one did well at it at all. But, the point is, uh, the clue was Pinball Wizard, which she... Didn't get right and then got told the answer and then started to sing Pinball Wizard to the tune of Jungle Boogie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they just went Pinball <laughs> Wizard. Da-da-da, da, 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 da. <laughs> Anyway, where I was going with this is one day out of nowhere, just not apropos of nothing, just decided to try to sing We Are, we Are Siamese. But she didn't know the words, even though it's uh, Siamese cat, like duh, and was just like, "We are Chinese, if you please." It's just like that can't even sound right to you. Like, there's no such. What is a Chinese cat like? I don't know. And then she probably sang it the whole rest of the fucking day because she yeah, gets one we song. We are Chinese and if you it. don't please. Yeah, that is a much more lighthearted discussion than what normally comes up with this scene because it's very insensitive. to say the least she brings her culturally and i said that right away i was just going to sit like i did with peter (laughs) pan where you wanted to talk about all that stuff and i went but it's funny (laughs) like not those scenes right not the offensive things but the rest of the movie is funny enough that i can ignore the what makes the red man red is a catchier song than siamese if you don't please i like the keyboards so i enjoy the uh the marimba i believe is what we're using here the point is, things are still racist in the fifties. I don't know if you know this. No one is arguing that. I don't know if people remember that about the nineteen fifties. The cats <laughs> do a good cool. job of uh, Dolores umbridging their way through this, of seeming to be wonderful and and great while uh, people are looking, but then being just terrible. Angel right. a better example would be Angelica Pickles. Yeah, um, more <laughs> Back than to Dolores. Rugrats. Yeah, they do tear everything up in the house like they do because they're trying to catch a fish but they do it which they don't have to catch it because it's in a fish bowl like it like slips out of their paws and yeah but they're clawing up the curtains right but they don't do these things when anyone is watching which of course means (laughs) lady lady is going to get blamed for blamed for it which she doesn't even seem too worried about that but then when the cats realize there's a baby in the house they go upstairs because there be milk nearby right uh So they realize, uh uh-oh, you know, we gotta get into this, and Lady realizes that, shit, no, you're not going up there, I have to protect this baby. She runs up to the top of the stairs and starts growling, growling, and then barking and causing a huge ruckus, which causes Aunt Sarah to come down and see the destroyed house and assume... This is all Lady's fault. So. Right, because she didn't like Lady to start with. Right. So naturally, she's going she's to not blame, blame it on her, her own cats, obviously. Her cats wouldn't act I'm, that way. I feel like this lady probably owns more than two cats. Like. Possibly so, yeah. <laughs> she's got there's... seven more of those back at the house. Yeah, there's no uncle that came to visit with Aunt mm-hmm. Sarah. Like, she might just be a crazy cat lady. So Lady gets all the heat for this, and now the next scene is... Let's get her a muzzle. And she takes her down to the pet shop. Pet owner, pet shop owner tries to put it on her. She freaks out and runs away. Now she's off on her own. And while <clears throat> off on her own, she gets attacked by some other dogs. Right. So she's immediately lost in the city, not in a situation she's familiar with, out of her elements. She's clearly in danger, not prepared to be here. And that's when uh, Tramp runs in and saves her from the junkyard dogs and wins a three-on-one fight. With no injury. It's pretty impressive. Just uh those three dogs got kinda jobbed out there. It's true. They uh the animators tried to make this fight scene with Tramp feel very different than the fight scene later in the movie. Mm-hmm. So this one, uh, they tried to make him more sort of swashbuckling and still having a good time while he's yeah, fighting these dogs and like you know, this was meant to be uh kinda scary, but you know, he's he's like calling out to, no real danger to lady the whole time and like making jokes while he's uh, or at least talking to her while he's fighting these other dogs. Right. Yeah. Uh, here's something I noticed watching this back through the second time because rather than set aside time to sit down and watch this all in one sitting, I kind of did it across four or five different mornings. And uh, because of this, and then maybe this is the sort of thing I would notice with other Disney films if I watched them in this manner, but we stick like so closely to like the traditional five act structure with this film. Because, like, act one, here's Lady, introduce everything her life is like, status quo is this. And also, here's Tramp, here's what his life is like. Then act two, shit's gone down, we're pregnant, what? Everything in my life is changing. And, you know, here's the baby. And then, uh uh-oh, big, you know, action scene, I guess, of the, the cats destroying everything. Now I'm kicked out of the house. Act three, out on their own, they fall in love, and where we go from here act three you know ends with her getting arrested and going to jail and or dog jail and right. then that fade out from that fade back in now we're in jail now she knows what tramp is really like we fell in love but he's kind of an asshole and <clears throat> now we got the conflict between them Fade out on that fade back in now you know fall in love at the end redeem mm-hmm. redemption and i don't it's just so like i guess kind of bite-sized pieces of everything like this and it works really well and i guess it's not something i noticed until watching it in that setting but this it's very it's almost like shakespearean how well it fits this this structure that's i don't know it just it surprised me and I, I was impressed i noticed it i guess yeah formulas exist for a reason like they yeah make everything easier to to follow right and uh i don't know it just sticks to the formula real closely so tramp decides to take lady uh to a place where she can get her muzzle removed. Right. And they settle upon the zoo. Yep. That's, uh,. The problem with the zoo is uh, it's well guarded and we get to see sort of Tramp work his uh, his street smarts here on how to... Uh, well, there is one guy at the gate. Like, it's partially guarded. <laughs> a gate where it does not appear that they're like taking tickets or anything. It looks like you just get to walk into the zoo like it's a free zoo. I guess so. Uh, like St. Louis. Which, if that is the case, why do you need a guard there? Like, if anyone's free to just go in, I guess to make sure nobody's pets go in, I, I guess. there's a sign that That's... says no pets. Maybe he's just a like, security guard making sure nothing nothing's getting destroyed or vandalized or uh could be keeping away riffraff. tramp manipulates very silly fight is what happens yes uh he uh you know we got to distract this sort of constable guy so he pulls out some like eddie guerrero antics of he sees a little poindexter dude coming up and immediately starts yapping at the the constable and like, as as this is happening, he, like, immediately hides behind the poindexter guy, and he, the guy's like, oh, what are you, you gotta have a leash on your dog, what are you doing? And the guy's like, that's not my dog, and then immediately Tramp jumps right up into his arms and starts licking his face, and the guy's like, I'd like to be a dentist. He talks a little like that. But yeah, you're right. He looks him in the face. Uh, the two continue to argue oh, for a while. Oh, it's not your dog, is it? Yeah, so they argue for a while. And meanwhile, Tramp and Lady, they or Lady and in. Tramp, uh, right. sneak in behind them. Right. And then we get sort of a, oh, what animal should we use to help you today? Uh, I know, the alligator. <laughs> and then immediately the alligator's like, sure, I'll help, walk, and tries mm-hmm. to eat Lady's head. Uh, we get a laughing hyena in the background. It's the straight-up ripper laugh sound effect that, I guess, has been around for 50 years. Yeah, they ripped that off from Crash Bandicoot. Yeah, that's it. Royalty-free sound effects. Speaking of, are you going to get the uh, the remastered? Yeah. I was thinking about it. Is it going to be all three games or just the first one? I think so. I think it's the three on the on the same disc, actually. Hmm. I saw, like, a side-by-side video the other day. It looks pretty good. would be fun to play again. <laughs> I still have the originals, but. Well, yeah, but now they'd be pretty they would be pretty the animal we decided to get us to help is a gopher mm-hmm. who is a lot of fun actually i lied it's a beaver <laughs> right he's a gopher in winnie but the it's, pooh it's essentially the same character as in winnie the pooh which is still a good 15 years off but right same voice same design same everything same whistling teeth and as we mentioned in our interview our dizos interview mm-hmm. uh make the, sure you check that out if you, you haven't should. Yet. yeah our our buddy uh matthew who uh, interviewed us, and uh, we, we still appreciate that. Uh, yeah, thanks again, Matthew. anyone else wants to ask us anything, we would answer. You could ask us what time it is. We don't <laughs> care. Like, anyone who's interested in talking to us, we'd be so happy. Currently 7.47 p.m. There you go. Uh, Central. Where were you going with that? <laughs> Standard time. Anyway, uh, as we said in that interview, one of our favorite characters oh, yeah. uh, is this beaver. Yeah, he's and, a fun uh, character. And, he was also and the Gopher. first one I thought of at the time. Well, but, but we do, it's a guy that we enjoy, even though we know he's not... The most important Disney character by far, no. and he's very Fun much side a, a character. side character. Yeah. yeah, and uh very amusing in this scene because we get to see uh tramps like Billy Mays' sales pitch here. Right. Because he knows if we got to get this guy on board, we got to act like this isn't a muzzle; it's a thing he wants. It's a log puller, right. right? <laughs> and I didn't remember from watching it as a, as a child, or even from watching it when we watched them original, or not originally, in but in 9 when we did our marathon in in '09. I don't remember, I didn't remember the beaver being this dumb, but he is really dumb. Oh, well, he's not familiar with the muzzle. Well, sure, but he's pretty dumb. But you're right, The uh, Tramp he's has... He's focused on his work. He's got to get that log in that lake. Tramp has a fantastic River. sales pitch right. compared to, say, the, uh, the evil queen from Snow <laughs> White. Yeah, it's a magic wishing apple. Wishing <laughs> <machine laughs> log puller. Right, so I mean, Tramp goes on this long... Uh, you need the finest state-of-the-art uh, device right here. It makes log-pulling easy as hell. He didn't say that, but... <laughs> he should have said that. That works. And if you call called right now, I'll throw in a... Fuck. <laughs> throw in a fuck? Mom's... I was trying to think of the, uh, the Little Mermaid thing with the fork in the hair, but the dingle hopper is what I was trying to think of, but I my brain quit on me the point is that that log will come out faster than a dick in a (laughs) porn theater yeah yeah that's it yeah the point is he immediately sells uh gopher on this and he's like oh well step aside sonny and he immediately grabs it and starts yanking on lady's head like say uh how you get it off here and then uh he says well to get it off you're gonna have to simply bite right here and obviously that was tramp's whole plan from the beginning and then you know, they get the muzzle off and they're just about to leave. And he's like, oh, wait, no, we got to test this out first to make sure I get my money's worth. And Tramp tries to be like, no, it's on the house. And he's like, no, no, see, I got to test this. And he does put it on and is able to yank the <clears throat> yank the log down onto the dam for his uh, his own benefits. Uh, does he have family? involved at all or is this just one i don't i don't think is he there mentions one beaver family, yeah. in this giant ass exhibit because I, yeah, I don't think he has time for a wife and family the, he's got a the dam alligator involved. was in a very small cage this beaver has an it enormous like uh why would you give a beaver this much room like maybe he's in maybe there are several woodland creatures that are all in the same exhibit that would be pretty progressive for the 50s but maybe. like you know we put all these crit- critters in there together like uh beavers and whatnots can't name a second animal a single woodland animal beavers and whatnots i'd like bailed faster than the the guy from the noah's ark routine of the, the, the ricky gervais bit and and there were two of every kind there were elephants and giraffes and so, so on, on. <laughs> that's what i just did beaver beavers, beavers and whatnots Beavers and what's not whatnots is a magazine i subscribe to as, <laughs> as well You know we got to name a football player that now. and what's nuts? (laughs) Uh, Now we're on a date. Uh, It's (laughs) nighttime. Not me and you. Lady and the Tramp are. Before we go on the date, does he not show her the family? Yeah, he shows her all of his, his different families before they go on their date. Right. Well, that's where I was going they are well, on a date together at okay. night i thought haven't made jump... it to i dinner thought you yet. were jumping all the we're way in we're in okay. where do you want to eat tonight stage <laughs> thing, at the worst stage right. although it's the worst and the best cuz there's just some there's some excitement that comes along with it too like we could eat anywhere like <laughs> oh, she man. Could anything like it's never going to be the thing you want it to be but it could be something you know uh, close to that tier. <laughs> well the options here were like an irish family and uh i don't remember right. maybe explains, there was a french family has, as well he, he does names. accents uh, german there's a german, german. family yeah. he has different names at each uh house each right. family leaves him scraps but they call him a different name when he wanders up he is i wrote german and irish right here maybe <laughs> right. i should read maybe look at your paper sometime the point is he does some accents so but he ends up back at tony's which we can surmise at this point must be his favorite hide or hangout because i guess so. maybe he knew it would make the best date so he uh scratches at the door Uh, We get, I think it's Tony and not Joe. Yeah, it is Tony. Yeah, he's like, go and get some bones for Butch. Well, before he figures out that it's Butch, he just can't figure out who's scratching at the door. And he says, somebody making the April Fools out here. (laughs) That was funny. A lot of Italian stereotypes here. But as far as stereotypes go, that one always makes me laugh for some reason. I'm sorry, (laughs) Italian people. But if you just throw random A's into your your speech, it's always uh... funny. I mean, I don't know, but I don't think they're as offended by that one as the as the mafia one. I think they're more okay with the like. Probably. Uh, sometimes you talk funny. Like, <laughs> feel like that's that's okay. The point is, we get pure silliness from Tony and Joe here, <laughs> who I, I guess kind of are the hook and smee of this film, right, and just arguing and like. Right. Because uh, right away he's like, "Oh, you know, Butch, I got to get you a bone," and then he sees he calls out to Joe, "Hey, get Butch a bone," and then. He sees the lady is sort of in the background. and He's like, "Oh no, you're on a, you're on a date here. A bone won't do." And then, right as he's saying that, uh, Joe comes up. "Oh, I got the bone for a butch here," and he's like, "Oh, you can't have, can't give him a bone. He's got to have a spaghetti." And, and just a lot of silliness, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> I have to ask because I haven't watched this in a few months now. This is the part where they mention uh, this one's, Disa one hey guys sorry to jump in we had a weird audio glitch here and lost about 10 seconds of our conversation so i thought i'd be helpful and fill in the gap basically there's a line of dialogue here where tony the owner of the restaurant compliments lady on her looks and then says to tramp hey you take my advice and settle down with this one this is important to the plot because when lady hears the phrase this one she comes to the realization that she is probably not the first dog that tramp has brought to this restaurant this obviously develops further in a later scene so sorry again for the interruption just wanted to clear that up and Now let's jump back into this episode and pretend this never happened. Thanks. Tramp writes us off by saying Tony doesn't speak English too good. So it was around this point when uh, Tony was giving advice to a dog about who he should settle down with that Mm. I wrote down slow night to tony's i'm guessing I guess so (laughs) or there's not a mrs tony somewhere maybe he needs to hook up with aunt sarah (laughs) i don't know but he's giving dogs dating advice right when he's supposed to be running a restaurant right yeah uh Uh, i said he's gonna go play accordion for them right i wrote down tony is pretty much a friendlier version of stromboli from uh pinocchio in a way yeah but, uh, then you he, get the famous spaghetti scene. Right, he goes out there and he sings Not That's Amore. To, right? And sings, this scene was nearly, nearly cut from the movie. Walt thought it was Is a that little boring. So? Yeah. I'm going to say as if I don't know yeah, what you're Walt about Walt thought to say. it was a little dull. He was going to cut this song <laughs> and this scene and uh, mm-hmm. then something happened and I don't remember now why they didn't. I but... wrote it down. Oh, good. Thank you, two months ago me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Walt wanted to cut the spaghetti scene because he thought it looked silly and was not particularly romantic but uh the way it came about is there was essentially one animator who was really fighting for this scene uh his name was frank thomas and the way he he pitched it is he sort of went rogue and just animated the whole thing by himself after you know it had been shut down and then he sort of did like uh probably not full-fledged version probably like a rough draft kind of thing but like look here it is just you know, easier to ask forgiveness and permission kind of thing. And immediately won over Walt and was like, oh, we got to do that. And it sort of became one of the most iconic Disney scenes. Similarly, you know, what scene was almost cut out of Young Frankenstein, or they almost didn't film. Putting on the Ritz. Was putting on the Ritz. Really? Uh, Mel didn't think it was a good idea. Uh, Gene Wilder kept saying, no, this is going to be really funny. Like, this is really good. And Mel was like, yeah. I think it's kind of stupid. Like, they <laughs> argued about it for a long time. And then finally... Uh, Gene convinced him. Right, yeah. Gene convinced him, and there you go. He's no longer with us. It's true. I mean, I, I when the stu- when the news came out that he died, I thought he was already dead. So it was kind of one of dead. those that was just like, oh, well, he hadn't eh. acted in like 20 years. It's like right. when Rick Moranis dies, everyone's gonna be like, oh, okay, I thought he was already gone, but no, he's still alive. Right. He just hasn't been in a movie since 1992. Not that we're trying to belittle Gene Wilder, like obviously we who doesn't love Gene or Wilder? or Rick Moranis for that matter. Right. I always liked him. Uh, you can belittle <clears throat> him. Like, have you seen Ghostbusters? Uh, yes. Okay. Have you, I haven't seen Honey and Truck the Kids. No, Never mind. <laughs> Dark Helmet. He's great as that. Yeah, I suppose that's true. Either way, not on the level of Gene Wilder. I don't no, feel like you should not have as beloved. is a false equivalency you've made here, right? Anyway, so they have their they're smooching, right? Uh, um, thoughts on Bellinote, as it's called. Uh, this, you know, this is the night. Uh, it's, There's a it's... lot of singing on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> so we're all <laughs> over the place. <laughs> uh, it's you know it's nice. Uh, they sing they play i love accordions i wish accordions were played as frequently in america as they appear to be in europe or at least stereotypically (laughs) are in europe in Uh, media portraying europe i mean when i went to france i passed several accordions uh being played there was uh one of the metro stops uh there was a guy just hanging out playing his accordion trying to get tips cool but uh i mean I like an accordion. I like a sad accordion. I like a happy accordion, like in more of a polka sort of deal. Right. Like, uh, yeah, I like accordions. Well, uh, how, how as, I think it's the first Disney romantic song that we've gotten so far that I didn't want to fast forward the shit out of. Like, I don't know if that's just on the song, or if it's on the Italian stereotypes, or on the accordion, or just what it is that's... Or uh, dogs. Can't fast-forward past dogs. Dogs are going to do right. something interesting at any moment. They're going to kiss while eating spaghetti. I don't well, know yeah, if that counts as interesting. Sure. It's but fairly the song, interesting. It's one of, this is the most famous <clears throat> scene in the movie. But the song... It's it's the, if you had to reduce this movie to a gif, it is. it's what it would be. But the song itself is really good, I think. And I'm not usually the one that says that about the... Uh, boring quote-unquote songs of the movies right yeah uh but i think it's some of their best work i think i'd say that i have clearly have confidence <laughs> the song continues and Mike, tramp- you you fought hard for you can fly in the previous uh in peter pan whereas yeah. i was not super you know into it i think this stands alone better as a you know a film defining song than you can fly does i mean i guess but you can fly is filled with magic and can be applied to any sort of fantastical story that they've done where this is hey what is a beautiful night (laughs) right this could just as easily be you know in the batman movie uh be more specific uh, the 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 60s 60s batman movie when not remembering any accordion love songs bruce and miss (laughs) kit could go on a date and they dance to like an opera singer bullshit thing. You could trade that out with Bella Note and it would be even better. I will agree with that. <laughs> I don't remember that. Well, scene. it's a thing that happens. You need to borrow the Blu ray from me sometimes. I've seen it's... the movie. Oh, well, you, well, you need to watch Can't it. Again. Get rid no, of a you... bomb. Right. It actually, the Blu ray, eh, I didn't do it any favors. <laughs> I like... bet. But anyway, uh,. I'm just saying you could trade it out for that more than you could trade it out for a new Disney song. I regret bringing up this point now. I'm not, I'm not, I mean, it's a good song. It's right. probably the best. Uh, it's not the best song in the movie. I like the one in The Pound better. That's good. But, uh, I mean, yes, obviously it's a good song. And it is a memorable song. And it is a song where you could play a few notes of it and people will instantly think of the spaghetti scene and think, I bet if Disney probably didn't have a big copyright thing going on about it, it would be on every Olive Garden soundtrack. Perhaps. <laughs> so I think you should play it at your wedding. Okay, <laughs> gonna do that at the re- Reception, <laughs> if not the wedding itself, probably. Let's hire an accordion player. <laughs> Surely there'll be music at the wedding. Is that not a thing? Like you talked thing. about a dance the other day. Dance. Surely there will be music playing, or it'll be a one awkward ass dance. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Hit the mute button while people are hev- dancing. It's weird as hell. <laughs> what if I want a set Italian man play? It? The point is, do you know any? Now we get a love <laughs> montage. We, we do. He takes her to make out We're Walking point. through the park. Yeah, we're ruining some wet cement. <laughs> Well, that, and Tramp uh, is still Tramp. He's trying to do dirty things, right? He could have just t- kept <laughs> doing shit. What is he doing? <laughs> Tramp has got to be Tramp. He could have, you know, he did the classic thing to He could have brought her home Right, he could have brought her home, but not. where does he take her to He's make out point? The and they spend okay. the night together, and they wake they up the do. next morning, and her hair's all messed up, and <laughs> she's wondering, what did I do? I can't believe I'm here with him. I got to get back to my real life. <laughs> I was about to say it's none of there's no implications that anything happened it definitely is but then i looked down in my notes and saw where i wrote fuck on a hilltop so jeez. <laughs> oh, <clears throat> but he took her out to dinner first so it's okay <laughs> But it's definitely waking, do wake it's, up with the walk of shame. If we're gotta, gonna go yeah home. exactly. If we're gonna stick Fine. with the romantic comedy right thing, like that's the next step. Like oh I can't believe I did that. I gotta get get away right. from this guy. He's no good for me. And it's at this point, Tramp gets a little too pushy. Whereas like she's like no, I gotta go home. And he's like oh, but don't you don't you love this freedom? We could keep what's at home for you. You don't need that. Those humans don't care for you. And she's like no, they, they love me. They need me. I gotta go at this point, he realizes he's not going to win this, and he he kind of drops it, but he doesn't all the way drop it because instead of taking her right home, he takes her to chase chickens right. Well, it's like he realizes what he has to do, but he can't resist doing well, one more fun thing before we get there. So you can't resist showing off the fun of the t- chasing chickens. Which, they're in the middle of town. Like, Correct. who has chickens in the middle of town? Like, they appear to be in a very nice city. It's got a fancy-ass zoo, yep. a free zoo at that, so a rich yep. city. Fancy sidewalks. Yeah, and, and then randomly there's this family. Like, what kind Are they grandfathered in as farmers? Like, are they just that tacky and no one has said anything? Why does this family have chickens I, in the middle they, of town? they got a whole coop, though. I know, they do. And uh, he runs through there, and of course they come out shooting right away, because they're apparently in Texas, in Stand Your Ground State. (laughs) Hey, who's that in my coop? Exactly. Yeah, couldn't have been the chickens making noise. No. It, it turns into a very dangerous situation. Yeah, like, fucking Yosemite Sam comes out there shooting at everybody. It starts out as, "Hey, lady, let's have some fun." Oh God, we might die. Exactly. But Tramp Which, doesn't. I mean, is the thing she needs to learn? Like she enjoys Tramp's life until she sees the part where you might get shot, right. and you don't have a steady or, home, or worse. This ends with her getting nabbed by the dog, dog napper, dog. Uh, what is he called? A catcher. Dog catcher. There you go dog pounder no don't say that <laughs> no no dog quarter pounder uh, 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 so yes yeah, so as soon as the like huh wasn't that fun lady turns around looks back she's getting hauled away in a truck <laughs> that, that's not funny but i found a funny thing in my notes which we'll get to the it's... fun of seeing them a couple months later keep going we cut to a sad dog howling <laughs> scene <laughs> Which I wrote fucking ASPCA commercial of crying dogs. I wrote it's Mel Blanc doing the "Hallelujah" chorus. Yes Son of a bitch. <laughs> anyway, go on. The singing is actually a ruse. The dogs are trying to uh, cover up the fact that one of them is digging a hole out, so it's kind of like a, a fun, like dog doo op group on the side. Right, they like got and this a one uh... and a two and a take it from the top, boys. Right, this is uh like hogan's heroes here we're trying to escape right but uh which i haven't actually seen the show but how in the hell like who thought what if we made a show about a nazi war camp where they keep trying to escape don't it's a funny show it's a comedy (laughs) like who i mean it is probably funny i've never seen it but i've heard people say how funny it is like but who greenlit that here's a dumb thing about me (laughs) i for my longest life had always gotten the show Hogan's Heroes confused with the NES uh, game Hogan's Alley, <laughs> where mm. you use the duck hunt gun and you shoot at dudes. No, yeah, I, that's way different. Always thought those were the same thing. Oh, so no. uh, until three sentences ago, where you told me the plot of Hogan's Heroes, I did not know what yeah, it was. That's uh, I'm pretty sure. I mean, let us know out there in the uh, listener verse, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that's the deal. Also, anybody else play that game? It fucking sucked. <laughs> uh, nope. No, I don't know that game. Mm-mm. Pop, uh, Pawpaw had it. I like the game in WarioWare, maybe? Where you're supposed to shoot things, but not shoot things you're not supposed to shoot. Yeah, I think that was based on Hogan's Alley. That was there pretty much how that game worked. So. There you go. That's the thing. <clears throat> and there's random throwback NES games in WarioWare. Excellent. So. Uh, let's talk about these uh, stereotype dogs we got yeah. in here. We got the English Bulldog, we got the Russian Greyhound, I think he is, and uh, the, uh, the fucking Cheechin Chong Chihuahua. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie, and the Chihuahua is probably the most glaring example because he has lines like, uh, I think the, uh, what we're trying to explain in this scene is how Tramp has a lot of lady friends, and that's sort of the point of what we're getting out yeah, here. Yeah, lady friends like Trixie and Fifi and Lulu. And and rosita chiquita wanita chihuahua yeah i think there's that yeah and then there's also uh the russian dog is explaining that oh you know these these ladies are just they are the tramps achilles heel and we get uh <laughs> <laughs> chihuahua dog doesn't know what this is and says what is this chili heel you're talking about And it's basically, lol, Mexicans, you guys. (laughs) Isn't this funny in the 1950s? But we do get my favorite song from this movie uh, in this scene, and that's a jazzy little ditty about the tramp being a man whore. Pretty much. he's a tramp but i love him and i wish that he would travel my way yep (laughs) that's (laughs) why don't we have a dog don't waste time on soundtrack just (laughs) listen to some of that maybe that should be a fun like patreon release of (laughs) me and you doing (laughs) disney covers stripped down versions of disney songs right there, in, in, in the midst of this happy-go-lucky scene, there is a fucking dark moment of a dog being led down, like, essentially to his, his the electric chair, like, yeah. being led to his death, yeah. dead dog walking here. and it's it, They show, like, the silhouette of the dog walking down the hallway, and he looks like the happiest dog, like, got his tongue hanging out, like, where are we going? Where yeah, are we going? Like, Let's go for a walk, boy. <laughs> And they whistle right. and all that. And the dogs behind the bars know where he's going and know he's not going to come back. And like. Which you're right is dark. They would never do that <laughs> yeah. in, in, a, in if they remade this today. Mm-hmm. Which I'm sure is on the plates to be happening. Live action Lady and the Tramp, I'm, I'm <clears throat> down for. But I want us to keep all the stereotypes. <laughs> yeah. Just see if that movie gets made. <laughs> but yeah, He's a Tramp is a very fun song. Boom, boom, uh, boom roof. And like, it's sort of. It, what we weren't seeing in the like 1940s uh disney films and i guess early 50s as well we were not getting the jazz we were not getting like the lounge singer the the music trends of the times were not filtering their way into disney now 1955 they are because this is very much like a sexy lounge singer like smoke-filled room like cabaret kind of thing and it's very fitting for the scene and very fitting for the characters involved and very creative since we haven't seen anything like it yet Mm -hmm. so Mm i all thumbs up over here lady as she has that license she got in the early scene she gets to go home and even the dogs there are like don't worry this place this isn't a place for dogs like you you're gonna get to go home Mm. and she does and she trusty and Jacques are really right away are ready to accept her back and just put this whole ordeal behind them and they want to cheer her up right away right and uh their plan going here is they're gonna present themselves as suitors for lady right yeah is amusing on a lot of levels (laughs) so we're gonna cheer you up you're gonna have to marry one of us basically (laughs) and they're like no whoever she decides we'll all be friends it'll all be great and it's like i really wanted to hear them pitch like how this came about (laughs) i think jock would have been jealous the way he's hiding those bones like he may have been (laughs) the one that said we're gonna be friends right trusty would have definitely been friends trusty would have been cool with it he's you know whatever but jock jock would have been so jealous right but the idea is they think her family doesn't love her and baby and you know we'll give you a new home lady we don't really get to see how this pans out because tramp shows back up and uh is trying to be like, oh hey, uh sorry about what happened back there, but he gets the cold shoulder and Lady confronts him about all the hearts he's broken and Chiquita banana lady you're whatever, Rosita Chiquita, whatever. Her name Juanita is. Chihuahua. Yeah. I think Lady can't remember the name either, so that was funny. But right. Tramp gets sort of a justified brow beating here and uh and he sadly walks away. And things look like the worst between them, but then right away we get the rat comes back into the scene and uh that sort of resets everything that's been happening sort of all all their their grievances have to kind of get put aside because we realize the danger of the situation of the rat is here and it's gonna get in the house and so tramp tramp hears lady barking she's like no shit fuck because she's (laughs) lady does not talk that way (laughs) not my lady hashtag She's chained up in the doghouse. She can't do much but bark about the fact that the rat is going to get in the house and she's worried about the baby and she's barking and carrying on. I don't know why Jock and Trusty don't hear this, but Tramp does. And he comes running back in. Tramp realizes, hey, you know, lady wouldn't be going on like this if it wasn't something serious. Even though we just had a fight, I got to get back there and see what's going on. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was mature of the both of them to kind of drop what they were fighting about right away because as soon as he gets back he's like oh Pidge, what's going on and uh she's like the you know rat in the house go get it even though we just fought i don't care bigger things are at play here which is fun to see uh, you know yeah don't want to see like well i'm not gonna help you sassiness because right, there's no pettiness here. right it's... also i don't think we mentioned before before that he had a nickname for uh oh Pidge. yeah <clears throat> every short, every short t- for pigeon i right. think Every time he said Pidge, I thought he said bitch at first. (laughs) So that was hard to take serious. So Tramp runs off into the house to deal with the rat. Right. Lady tells him how to get into the house. And, you know, this is going to be our big climactic scene of, oh, we got to stop this rat from getting to the baby. And realistically, a stray dog in a baby's room, I feel like is going to cause a lot more damage than a rat. And at the same time, this fight doesn't seem fair at all when Tramp is, like, eight times the size of this little tiny rat. Uh, And I know rats carry diseases and all, but other than that, like, why are we concerned that it's going to go straight for the baby like right. why? there's probably they're presumably food in the house He's probably looking for food pet food laying out the the cats would just presumably have food and right why and why are the go cats straight- in this like, like rats aren't murderers like <laughs> right. they're not or you know predators like they're not going right. to take down a baby like uh, i suppose rat could carry disease you know unlike a stray dog that's gonna get into the baby's house. right yeah <laughs> and as evidence of the danger here caused by the dog fight uh the fact that they totally knock over the crib. Like, the rat right. would not have done that Tramp does the one thing. He, he had one job. Right. right. And managed to make things more dangerous for the baby. Because of this dangerous loose dog in the house, the dog catcher is called, and, you know, right away... Aunt Sarah's like, oh, you got to get down here. I don't care if you're open. Come come get this dog from the house. He's, she, It's attacking my baby. And when the dog catcher gets there, he's like, oh, don't worry. We've been looking for this guy for a long time. And Tramp's captured. He's being loaded up into the truck and carried away. And it's at this time that Jim and Darling come home. And uh, I noticed the dog catcher... You know, because right away they get home, they realize something's horribly wrong because their door's wide open and there's a strange car at their house. And right away they can see something's not right here. And, you know, they come up kind of panicked, like, hey, what's going on? What's happened to our baby? And the dog catcher is very casual about this. It's not even like, oh, you know, something happened. Don't worry about it or anything like that. He's like, no, don't worry. Just a dog attacking a baby. We'll take him right back. (laughs) And it's like, uh, what? (laughs) Yeah. like what does this guy see in his day-to-day life <laughs> yeah what kind of shady shit's going down in this town oh yeah that dog just mutilated a baby it's not yeah, a big deal another day on the job i just need somebody to sign here so i can uh, get about my business <laughs> so they run right inside but they can tell lady's losing her shit and they listen what they do the one thing aunt sarah hasn't done this entire movie and that's listen to lady and lady immediately you know, takes off and sticks her head right where the dead rat is and points it out to the parents, which I guess absolves Tramp of all guilt and uh, responsibility for this situation because, oh, there's a dead rat in the room. I guess the dog that killed our baby is totally cool. (laughs) Meanwhile, outside, Jock and Trusty notice the wagon Leaving right Right away they're like no i knew better than to trust him but i didn't think even he would stoop this low or anything like Mm -hmm. that but then they overhear all this and they realize what's wrong and they admit that they misjudged him and right away we get our 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 big climactic scene here is trusty can his nose sniff out where the dog truck went can he stop the truck can they save tramp before it's too late and we get the you know the fast-paced running scene with jock <clears throat> the tension knowing the rising. whole time that he has lost his sense of smell. Right. And, and kind of making sad faces in the background. And finally telling head. him, you know, like we know you can't right. smell anymore. We know you can't do this. Um, you don't have what it takes anymore. <laughs> Pretty much. But uh, yeah, this, analogy i feel like you'll pick up on right away but i we will need to explain to the audience but i feel like uh with trusty here we were trying to recapture the magic of uh bruno the dog's intercontinental title win that happened in the end of cinderella yeah Yeah, yeah yeah we made an analogy to that but i don't know if i don't think we did it on the recording but we you explained it better how bruno in the we told like the mega happy ending of cinderella where she got she escaped her room she tried on the shoe she got everything she wanted but part of that was bonus side happiness of this old dog who everyone couldn't Believe in right, and who's been waiting to get a chance to finally right. get after that cat and to get his opportunity. All he wanted was an opportunity. He gets and he his moment. Gets it, yeah. In the buildup of the actual climax of oh, a good on the old dog, and also you know marry a prince and right, yeah. I mean, it's not the main climax of the story, but it's but a nice an extra dish. Feel good moment, and and in the Cinderella, you get little things along the way, like the little mice get to help right. and they do so much work and they get so close to achieving their goal when out of nowhere the right. cat stops them and then bruno comes and saves the day and- which like the wrestling dorks we are we analogize that as him winning the intercontinental title whereas it's the secondary prize but it's cool that it's there to uh, we, we, we went with that we also <clears throat> went with uh, an, an analogy where gus and jock were the rock and roll express <laughs> and we're getting beat up until dusty came in to save the day <laughs> Uh, We're always going to make Dusty the hero. Uh, For those of you, I don't think we've mentioned on the podcast before, my name's Dustin, named after Dusty Rhodes. Uh, The American dream. I was born in 1985. He made the hard times promo the month of my birthday. (laughs) I'm not saying the two are related. (laughs) But maybe my hand was touching your hand. My dad's not a plumber, though. No, that is true. (laughs) (laughs) The point is... I feel like we were trying to recapture that moment a little bit with Trusty here, where it's this old dog, you you know, you don't think he still has it in him, but it's coming down to this moment, he's got to be the guy to step up. and he doesn't have to be... His his youthful self for the rest of his right. life. He just needs for this moment to recapture the magic of of his once right. of his former greatness. And we get that because he catches the scent and he tracks down the car and he they goes, run and they bark. He after goes it. Toby Keith on them. He goes, I'm <laughs> not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. And that's right. what <laughs> happens here, which also sounds like a Terry Funk promo. to be does. honest. You have done Toby Keith lyrics <laughs> and Kid Rock lyrics over the course of this podcast. Yeah. People are going to think you have terrible taste in Which music. I don't, actually. But uh, that's what I'm referencing because it fit what we were talking about. It did. I'm plugged in to the zeitgeist <laughs> of 20 years ago. Right. The or point. 10 years ago when that song came out. Is they don't have to. They don't have to, you know. Their plan isn't to to crash the car or anything like that they just got to hold them and get them stopped uh, stopped long enough until you know humans can show up and sort out the situation trusty says that's all we got to do we just got to hold them but what they end up doing is crashing the car and trusty gets hit in the process and so it's like he's stopped it we've saved him oh wait no Trusty might be dead and and in the original version of this yeah he was dead and they screened it and then went oh no this audience <laughs> hates this we and don't need get sad to decide on this add him in at the very end right because it is very it's kind of like the bambi scene of just like oh shit what just happened where except the bambi scene was necessary as a part of growing right. up and a lesson he needed to learn <laughs> this was just a bonus this was just, <laughs> yeah, for everybody sometimes people you like die right well and it was a martyr move the old dog makes the same right but there was no like it's overcoming this it was just like oh yeah yeah they died whatever so we do have the uh sort of the post-credits scene here i guess the the resolution is now it's christmas again Mm -hmm. hey tramp's a part of the family now hey the baby's a toddler and he loves playing with these dogs and hey Tramp and Lady have puppies of their own, and then it's like, don't oh, the, I don't remember, but don't like some of the babies look like Lady, and some look like okay, because genetics, yeah, because because little kid movie genetics, <laughs> right? <clears throat> and then hey, who's that coming up the driveway? Why it's Trusty and Jock, and Trusty's in like a cast, I think, which makes me wonder how much time has passed because. Lady and Tramp already have a litter of puppies, but Trusty he hasn't healed from right. his accident. I mean, I don't know how long doggy gesta- gestation is, or I mean, the baby has a each too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, well, it's at knows? least the next Christmas, but I don't know. But I don't know what time of the year. It the was, real point but... of this scene is how cute Jock is in his little sweater. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he's the best. Yeah, all, I'm normally anti-dogs wearing clothes, but <laughs> small dogs, you gotta put them in something to keep them warm throughout the cold when winter also he slips and falls on the ice and that's cute too but uh <clears throat> so yeah and then you know once again christmas at the end of this film christmas at the beginning of this film a whole at least one year has passed uh we sort of do do a little more mega happy stuff at the end here where we sort of casually throw out that aunt sarah got less bitchy because she bought the dog some biscuits <laughs> and it's like oh well i guess she likes dogs now too everything's happy and then the big closing joke we land on is finally third time's the charm. Trusty brings up old reliable to the puppies and says, well, I don't recollect I ever mentioned <laughs> old reliable before. And then we reveal he actually hasn't. And the puppies are like, what, what did old reliable say? And then he makes a, well, I, I, I can't even remember. <laughs> oh, oh, silly joke. End credits. Right. I, there are two reasons when I don't have a lot of notes it could either be that it was so bad that I couldn't even like well actually when it's really bad I have a lot of notes. It's so <laughs> boring that like I couldn't be bothered Nothing to, to write about. What happened here I think was I was so interested I didn't write much because yes, the, the last few lines of my notes fly through the end of the movie. Lady put in basement, Jim and Darling return, lady shows them the rat, trusty and jack go to stop, uh wagon carrying tramp, trusty follows send. Free tramp, Christmas again, puppies trusty was supposed to die. <laughs> <laughs> done <laughs> solid note taking there right. whereas that was four paragraphs right, yeah. in mine. Jake went on and on forever I summed it all up and then threw in what should have happened. <laughs> should have died. Damn it! I am often one to go for the well. You should have gone with the darker ending. Opinion on things like this to make it stronger. Right. I don't feel like this movie needed. No, it. I, I didn't like really it's need it. Perfectly strong on its own. And if you were going to do it, you would need to add a little bit longer to the movie to show that everybody was still was still okay after that. Right where. I'm probably not going to edit out all these dog barks, so audience, (laughs) hope you're cool with that. It's appropriate for the Lady in the Tramp episode. Perfect. There you go. Also, fuck you, dogs. (laughs) Did you find, uh, and you may not remember now, I mean, normally you type your notes. I notice you've handwritten them this time. Yeah, I did that differently. Did you find, as you were writing them uh given the election at the time when we were working uh on this and now the inauguration today uh, yes photoshop, yes <laughs> uh, that each time you wrote Trump, yes. you had to try not it to write it looks yeah. like trump and just reading my notes says that <laughs> lady and the trump would be a much different movie <laughs> it, it yes yes it would <laughs> oh i'm sure there's photoshop jokes sure. for that with certain quotes he's made <laughs> about his opinions on ladies anyway ending feelings on the film uh i mean i i really enjoyed it i had a great time watching this movie Mm -hmm. from what i remember from that long ago when i actually watched it (laughs) right but Um, uh i mean dogs people like dogs that's i mean you could make a you could crap out a dog movie and a lot of people will like it just because they like dogs this one does not feel crapped out no no it's a above right what it could have been (laughs) i think it makes it more enjoyable because it is dogs but i think it would be a good story no matter what now if it were people then you would notice a lot of the The rom-com bullshit of this movie (laughs) that we're allowing to let slide because dogs are cute enough right and because it came before a lot of rom-coms and disney hasn't really used these tropes yet because disney romances before this have mostly been he's rich and a prince and i want a man in my life like we haven't even seen the lady character really other than you know she's a poor girl really we didn't talk about this before i don't think but what do you think about lady as as a three-dimensional three-dimensional female female character yeah um better than what we have had at least we know what lady's character is like what her life is like right what... and, and she doesn't sit around thinking oh i wish i had a man or yeah, anything she's like that like she's already. she's happy yeah with her, she loves her family until she things change is and she gets run out she has fun with tramp but then acknowledges he's not what's best for her She and has like, male friends that true, aren't romantic stands up to uh, tr- to, to tramp yeah um it's pretty strong smart yeah okay yeah there you go. good job okay lady. we just talked in the last episode like when are we gonna get a three-dimensional female character lady might be one i I mean not a a human i don't know dog right yeah but she's you know i mean and she still does some some dumb shit and some like she has a jealous story arc yeah that happens you know i got heartbroken by a man legitimate legitimate je- uh, legitimate jealousy right. as opposed to like wendy being jealous of tiger lily or yeah she has a jealous story arc but doesn't turn into a wet blanket for the rest of the movie like wendy did mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know there's there's a something to that i hadn't thought about that until now well, there you go glad you brought that up uh i found this film fun and harmless i don't think it was uh you know it's probably not the first go-to disney movie i'll ever go to but it was a good way to spend 90 minutes it made me laugh i like the music what else can you say really nine movies in it's going to crack into my uh, top five i don't expect it to stay there yeah. for too long i mean what's what's what do we got next sleeping beauty uh, 101 dalmatians it might stay in the top five for a little bit. Yeah, I'll have to look up what's actually coming up. I'm also going to have to pull out my (laughs) notes again (laughs) because we're going to have to go through our rankings here and then point out where it lists in the actual official rankings of the films, but I believe it cracks my top three. Oh my. I think so. We'll get back to that. So uh I guess we should go through here. What do you what do you want to let's, talk about well, first? We'll do the know? matters first. Well obviously should we explain the rubric again? I know we've done I guess so it feels several like episodes, several but... months since we've recorded so Might as well. We go through six things. They all start with M because you gotta brand the podcast and Mickey starts with M, so But dudes in um, Disney don't, so it's half assed nope. branding. Men watch Disney mice. Mice. I don't know. <laughs> <but> <laughs> Shut up. And watch Mickey Mouse. (laughs) But we don't. We watched Fantasia. Yeah. We didn't like it. The point is, the first one we're talking about is The Matters, which is the plot. Uh, I enjoy it. It's a good love story when we haven't had a good love story yet in Disney. We've just had And Now You're in Love. So I think it carries its story well. I don't think there's really a part of the movie that drags Mm -hmm. at any time. I don't think it does anything. Well, I was going to say I don't think it does anything groundbreaking. But again, I just said we haven't had a love story yet that was this three-dimensional. I don't know. I'm giving it four. I think it was good. I also gave it four. I think, like you said, it doesn't drag at any point. They get a a story moving, and as you get comfortable with that, they make a change. And then they get things going, and they make a change again. Lady's happy with her life and it could never change and then oh now we're pregnant and then the lady's sad but then they find a way to be balanced and the baby's not so bad and then they go away and now our life sucks again and like yeah it's constantly not it's, not the an ebb and flow to it right i mean it's not alice in wonderland where it's constantly changing and just like headache inducing annoyingness the yeah. whole time it changes at a responsible pace um Having listened to our Alice in Wonderland episode a few more times, I've thought of more specific reasons of why it's shitty. Oh, go ahead. Uh, We compare it often to, like, I think Willy Wonka came up. as like, oh, little kid going to this magical world, what's going to happen? Just, uh, we only barely touched on this on the episode, but I think the main issue is Alice herself, like what is Alice's character? Why do we care about her? We spend the first 30 minutes of Willy Wonka hanging out with Charlie Bucket Mm. and seeing his poor shitty life and seeing the wonder of, and then seeing how selfless he is. He Mm. wants to help out Grandpa Joe and all Mm. that. So like, that's just a brief example of why we like him. What do we know about Alice? I wish there was a world without, you know, books only had pictures and world of nonsense and that's it. And then the rest of the movie is just her reacting to what's around her. Yeah, back Not to related this, to this no, film. Back but. to this movie. <clears throat> what do you want to do next? Uh, well, the, a big important part of any Disney movie, the meanie, uh, which is what we're calling the villain of the piece. Uh, meanie in this film, I gotta say, not great. It's mm-hmm. a, not a strong suit of this movie, which, you know, not all movies are gonna have a, a big, strong villain presence, but I feel like with Disney, that's something you want. That's why it's in our rubric. And the meanie, I guess it's Aunt Sarah and Slash the Cats... And I guess just the rat itself, the threat of change to her life, I guess. But for the most part, Meanie not really present, so I gave it a one for that. Right, and when we... It's not really a way around that. When we talk villains, we usually like over-the-top... Charismatic. Yeah. Detailed. Hammy mm -hmm. fucking villains. Well to some extent but we all i in particular really love lady tremaine who was not hammy that's at all That's true that's true yeah she is sort of reserved but and, uh and you like them to have some sort of like heat like you want to see this villain not succeed right. because she, she's he or she's evil or, and i guess the cats would be the closest thing to a, a, right. a character dicks. like that right i mean the rat is just being a rat like it's not right. even really that bad aunt sarah She's not nice to Lady, but she no. ultimately wants the baby to be safe and Which everyone would. And most people would assume that if your cats don't act that way at home, it must be the dog that's done this made this big mess and you know Right. She's overly cautious, yes, but she's that doesn't make her a villain. Right. Um you know, the rat we already said wasn't really doing anything wrong. The the cats you could have counted, but they're in a scene. Right. So are they even still around when the rat shows up? I don't like... know if you think they would care about a rat being in the house. But... Right. So who they don't even show up so i also did you give it a one i did all right i gave it a one too. yeah uh next up music uh obviously very important to disney uh i uh went with a three for this one there's some it's decent to good I, maybe i should go three and a half i think that'd be better because uh i like the playful dog score and i think bella note is a really great song and uh, he's a tramp is good too i guess but boom, 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 rough. that yeah but I, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I don't think we've really seen many knockout Disney songs since Cinderella, I guess. I don't think I had anything bad to say about the music in Cinderella. But most of the rest of these are just like, that's pretty good, but I would rather listen to pretty much any Disney song that comes after it. Right, I gave it two and a half. Mm. Uh, you're right on the songs that you mentioned, uh, you know, He's a Tramp and, and Bella Notte and all that. I'm not even trying to Italian it up. Bella Notte uh pretty night yeah there you go uh you know it's it, the music's just kind of there we are siamese i enjoy because i like marimbas but i think that's more of <laughs> my own personal enjoyment of marimbas right. more than like this is a great song right and uh and you can't pick your great song to be the racist song like exactly <laughs> if your favorite song in peter pan is what makes a red man red that's not as okay. mine is like, well that's not okay <laughs> Right. That's uh, why I don't brag about that. Right. So two and a half is what I give the music for this one. Yeah. Uh, Mise-en-sin, uh, pretty great. Uh, I love the design. We'd stuff we talked about in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, you know the Jim Deere and Darling. It's it's creative. It's something I don't think lesser movies would do. So I went with a four for that too. I went four and a half. Yeah. I was also impressed with like we talked about the point of view of sticking with the 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 way the dogs would see things. Yeah. And the commitment to stay with that the whole movie except for Aunt Sarah's face, who we do get uh, whom we do get to see. Right. You know, it's just it's well done. The the times we do get to see the cityscape. While they're out walking around, that looks good, the pound Mm -hmm. looks good, the zoo looks good, and we get to explore a world, but explore it through the characters' eyes more than through our own eyes, which is it's fantastic. Four and a half out of five. Awesome. Uh message is another thing we talk about, which, you know, uh we've seen that a bit in this film and a bit in Peter Pan, which we already covered. Actually a lot in Peter Pan, which we already covered. You Message essentially turns into like how well do these movies hold up kind of because the messages you the message you walk away with having watched the movie obviously going to be very different when you're watching a movie from the 40s or the 50s like how many of those fucking messages are you watching as a kid and how are they affecting your outlook on things because there's some not cool stuff and there's some not cool stuff in this movie it's kind of racist with the siamese cats and the only other message I think it really tries to get across is, like, love your dog, and I don't know. I feel like the message is kind of muddled in this one, so I only gave it a two. Well, I gave it a four. Okay. For reasons I'm sure I had when I <laughs> scored this movie. <laughs> you didn't write those out on your sheets? No, I did not. On the movie before this, I actually did write notes for I right. gave each thing a score, but this one I did not. How do you feel regarding, like, what do you think the message of the movie is, uh, you can love someone from a different world right maybe you know keep your heart open sure also what we just talked about about lady being uh, a fairly three-dimensional character is nice she doesn't give away everything that she has or change who she is to be with tramp Uh, you've swayed me with this lady stuff i'm gonna boost that from a two to a three okay good Uh, you know, uh, accepting change I think is a big part of this movie. Uh, lady has yeah. to learn to do okay. that, uh, even if we don't have a narrator saying. I think one of the things Lady will have to learn is. Yeah, but, but she, she does. does. She has even to. Even that scene where, like, oh, I'm getting hit. No, wait, no, I'm not. I'm being picked up. Maybe this family can be okay. Right. Yeah. Even though things are different you know things change with the times and she's not having to learn because she's dumb or like she's naive i mean i guess she is naive (laughs) she's yeah she's learning she was a puppy she's a young dog she's still figuring out the world uh yeah she interacts with people along the way she's kind to everyone that she meets um she gives everybody a chance she doesn't look down on the people who are in the pound despite her um they're not people but the dogs who are in the pound yeah with her wealth she doesn't like judge anyone like oh well I've never been outside of life before, like. right yeah uh that's true yeah you see friendship uh, is an important part of this movie you got jock and trusty mm-hmm. who even I, I don't know if they are romantically interested in lady or not since they did talk about marrying her I don't know right but uh, they are definitely good friends to her. They look out for her. They're older than she is. They try to mentor her a little bit, but they, you know, they're all, they're all friends. They want to take care of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's some good stuff in there that I guess I missed because I was focusing on racist cats. So yeah. See, and that's not fair to the movie. Right. To boil it down to that. And they're in one scene. Right. Like if it had been, if they were the, if they were in every scene and their main villain thing was they're not like us. (laughs) Right. Then sure. But Fair enough. And then our final score, or the most important score, if you will, the magic. Disney magic. How magical is this Disney film? I like it. Uh, I think, uh, like we said, you know, the love story, the iconic scene of them eating spaghetti, the with the song that matches it. Uh, I don't know. I think it accomplishes things that a lot of movies, a lot of Disney movies we've seen so far haven't been able to in the way it's telling its love story. And I think because of that, It's a pretty magical film. I would say a four on that one as well. I went five. Yeah, five. it to five for the magic. I feel the opening scenes uh, with the puppy and all of that very relatable, very much what it's like to have a puppy encapsulated that whole experience in a, you know, three to five minute, you know, section of the movie. Uh, and then and it's a christmas scene is that that, that that too plus the thinking about being pregnant and all of those th- and the way that that plays out i feel like that's well done the like you said the date night uh being very well done yeah yeah i mean really all this movie is missing as far as disneyness and what we're ranking it on mm-hmm. is music a little bit and a villain definitely like yeah. if it had some sort of villain if you transport corella Deville from 101 dalmatians Into to this, this movie. movie right uh Or if you made the dog catcher, you know, if you made him go overboard with his job or be, you know, crueler than he is, but he's not really. Like, he's He's doing his job. job Right. Who doesn't take baby attacks seriously. And maybe they're cracking down and all that, but he's not uh, overly cruel or anything. And so but i think that's what's holding it back from having uh you know from being the number one movie in my list is it doesn't have that villain which may not affect your overall enjoyment of the movie right. but we are you know it's important to keep in mind we're ranking these sort of on our our own disney scale which we right. came up with what is the most disney right the best yes but also the best in its disneyness like yep. and i don't feel that you can be the best disney movie if you don't have better music than this one has and at least a villain much less uh uh, even if you had a non-charismatic villain you could still you would be better than this movie uh on disneyness at least but you would need an an even better villain to be uh top of the scale but anyway when you add up everything uh mine gets uh 21 uh meatballs you picked mine (laughs) is that what you did last time no i don't remember remember what i did do so i will start over (laughs) mine gets 21 scary street rats (laughs) not to be confused with aladdin yeah uh mine gets 21 mine gets (laughs) 21 dead bloodhounds mine gets 21 beaver sales pitches (laughs) there you go uh out of 30 yeah that i was a little bit lower than you surprise surprise But uh, mine comes up with 19 and a half, which is considerably closer than our Peter Pan scores. 19 and a half spicy meat to balls out of 30 for this one, which, which are very high scores for the two of us. It's and true. Where will this show up in your rankings? Well, at the end of each episode, if you're new to the show or like we've said, if you haven't listened to a show in the last couple of months, uh, the... What we do at the end of each episode is list our top five, uh, mm-hmm. according to our rankings, and possibly with their scores, possibly with not. I'm sure that'll change from episode to episode, but with its score of a 21 out of 30, Lady and the Tramp has moved into fifth place uh, on my rankings. Now, we only have nine movies on the rankings so far. The, the We did some side episodes of the package films that occur uh your make mine music and your fun and fancy freeze of the world. We did not include those in our rankings. We no, did talk we about, didn't. we did talk about them and review them, but we did not, we felt it wasn't fair to score them. Uh, although later we're going to score Winnie the Pooh because we don't have to be consistent. It's our damn show. <laughs> uh, but anyway, 21 points for lady and the tramp. Uh, the next, uh, number four on my list is Bambi. Uh, just one point ahead of lady and the tramp. Then, peter pan it, was a, it said pp and i was like <laughs> pinocchio a poet, peter pan okay so peter pan one point ahead of bambi uh then snow white one point ahead oh actually the same score snow white and peter pan had the same score it came down to a magic tiebreaker which i believe is what jake is looking up now um not yours <laughs> no i thought you were looking up your not own my because you kept saying them backwards or whatever no but. i just need all my scores but. Anyway, Snow White has 23, and then top of the heap is Cinderella with 25 out of 30 thus far. So that's I think Cinderella is going to be at the top of mind for a while. I don't see any of the upcoming ones knocking it off. Uh, from what I remember doing this in 2009, Cinderella stayed up towards the top, really all the way until we got to... Uh, the 90s films? Yeah, until we got to Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, et uh, al. The Renaissance. Uh, yeah, I had to do some some researching to see my rankings here. Um, but yeah, Dustin sort of glossed over, but the, the tiebreaker we use when we get two scores, two films with the same score is we go by the magic rating. Cause we feel that encapsulates everything, uh, perfectly. Unfortunately, I gave two films the same magic score and those two films were Pinocchio and Alice in Wonderland. So via coin flip, Alice in Wonderland is fifth pinocchio is fourth with both of those have 18 points with a three magic score lady and the tramp comes in at number three with 19 and a half points snow white is still sitting pretty at number two with 20 points and cinderella is my number one at well 23 and a half so our this point nine films in i'm sure it will change but our one and two are both the same you've mm-hmm. got we each have cinderella one and snow white two two of your top five are my seven and eight <laughs> so that's that's hurtful to me sorry uh well the issue with me is i mean number... they're still ahead of dumbo if they were below dumbo we would right. have to we would stop the show right now the issue with me is my number four and my number eight are two points apart from each other so right. there's a lot Which of i imagine flustering. it's going to be even more of a problem when we when this is just 40 films in this <laughs> exactly <list. laughs> right. well i mean some of them are not going to score as high like right. i'm sorry home on the range is not going to be <sighs> i mean i haven't movie. seen it either that's not fair we just shat on it for no reason but <laughs> i'm sure it's shit it's about cows <laughs> disney didn't know what they were doing in 2004 i mean i remember i wanted to see it when it came out no no, no i didn't never mind take it i was <laughs> seeing the chicken little chicken little i wanted to see when it came out and i didn't we talked about it before on the show i'm not sure why i'm bringing it up now but uh, i am and it's us make cut later who knows uh but i you know growing up saw each of the each of the movies in the theater when they came out, starting probably Little Mermaid, through Tarzan, I think was the last one that I saw in the, in the theater. It was the last one I saw in the theater as well. So. And then I took a 10-year gap from watching Disney movies until Winnie the Pooh 2, uh, or the sequel, it's called just Winnie the Pooh, I believe. Yes. But it is the sequel. Of uh the mini adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and then and since then really have gone pretty consistently. Uh the last I took a longer gap because the only other one I saw in theaters was Zootopia earlier oh, this Jesus. year. <laughs> yeah, it no. is a long you didn't see Frozen? Not in theaters. Oh wow. Well. <laughs> so nine films in. Uh we have made it. And we're feeling good. And let's see if we continue feeling good because the next film coming up is Sleeping Beauty. Which is a film I have seen one time in 2009 when we last watched these. So. I think, yeah, I saw it all the way through then, and I think I watched about half of it one time since then when it was on Family Channel mm. or Freeform, as it's called now. Uh, I like how every time we bring that up on this show, we have to specify because it's still the Family Channel to me. Damn it! And I've been, it was the Family Channel, then it was Fox Family and ABC Family, and I've waited it out, and now you're freeform, but you're the Family Channel. Damn the it. Teenage Don't lie Girl me. Channel. Well, yeah, sure. It wasn't originally. It became that under the ABC uh, umbrella. Speaking mm. of teenage girls, did you? Uh, the Girl Meets World finale is tonight. Uh, it's the absolute series finale, last episode. I haven't watched a in quite a while. You know, this this season's been dog shit. Like, the first season was good, and about half the second season was yeah. good. And then they took that a weird turn. That was around the time turn. I quit the second yeah, season. I don't know what happened. This show is very disappointing. I don't understand the writing of it at all. Like, all you had to do was make a similar show to Boy Meets World. Like cover the same sorts of issues. Yeah. You know, have some fun along the way. Show them going to class and getting a difficult homework assignment or, you know, that kind of shit, talking to boys for the first time or whatever it is you want to flip to do the girl version of the show. But it was just so all over the place and so, like, just weird on shit. The way that she talked to her parents, the way she and Maya dealt with them both like liking the same boy, like, just just odd i think the last episode i saw was where they went to a rodeo with uh lucas or whatever he was oh they went to texas yeah, yeah. that was a big special that was right. the last and thing and the remember. rest of this season is or the, <laughs> anyway i'm glad it's dead right uh, i'm amazed i remember the guy's name was lucas it's unfortunate because i was really excited about it and did enjoy the first season but uh, i think it's good that we're letting it die yeah it's probably the right call to make back to this show though uh that we're <laughs> sleeping beauty is next sleeping on the list. beauty is next uh we haven't seen it very much as we were just saying so that will be an interesting episode and then uh well we got a couple of meh ones but we'll get into a big stretch of movies i want to see the titular character uh is going to not have much to do in this movie right she's sleeps Not that i recall she and sings then, the song in the woods at yeah, one point um so, but the main heavy hitter of the movie is Maleficent and also some sassy fairies. I remember that. So do you and this will be something we'll notice as we watch but is Maleficent actually that good? Or is this is a it something? Nostalgia? It's a nostalgia internet thing where everyone went, oh, she was really badass, and now everybody looks back at her that way. That's one of the things we're going to look at. yes yeah. she, I mean, we yes, she has the, the Lady Tremaine voice, and she can turn into a dragon. And, I feel like that wins your argument right there. Yes. I mean, it's cool that she can do that, and compared to movies with no villains and or no dragons, right, <laughs> no villains or a very silly villain in Captain yeah. Hook. Like, it's going to feel very different to have a serious villain again. But I do, I mean, I don't want to be that guy. Like, everyone says she's the best, so I have to say, I don't know if she's really that good. Like, I'm not trying to be the, I'm not trying to do the, I'm not trying to be the think piece writer on, on Maleficent. Like, I'm just saying maybe we should just look at the movie in and of itself and not go with everyone says she's the best, so she's the best. Like, well, we'll see how each of us honestly feels about it when we get to that episode. So, uh, thanks again for joining us, everybody. We've been talking for two hours, so we should probably wrap this shit but up. we haven't been talking for two hours. There are gaps. Yeah. Fuck both of these dogs for interrupting us a thousand times. Of course, times. they're sleeping now. Yeah. Now the show's over. Sorry if you, you're a little annoyed. I'm sure I couldn't edit out all of their noises. Uh, appreciate you sticking with us. If you'd like to... Give us a bunch of shit for having dogs interrupt our podcast. You can do that by leaving a review and it would on be iTunes. fair. And and trust us, uh, we keep saying this, and we haven't gotten any yet. At least not any that Jake has let me see. Uh, even if you have negative things to say about us, we will read them on the air. Like we are that's that thirsty for uh, attention. Either way, though, give us reviews. Uh, we're on uh, we're on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud. I Notice we've gotten a few likes on uh, SoundCloud. Uh, yeah got some email notifications about that yeah. uh i randomly over thanksgiving so it's been a while now looked at our youtube videos i was showing them off to somebody noticed we had way more views than i expected on there we were yep. near near 100 views uh and only you know 50 of them were me and so <laughs> no they they really weren't it was the first I'm... time i went back and would so would you like to guess what our most popular soundcloud video is i couldn't uh ha- what would it be fantasia for some huh. reason I don't even remember that episode. I think I edited it shittily. So. I know there's a part where we go on a rant about uh, dick mushrooms, where you say <laughs> mushrooms look like dicks, and I say that sounds like an STD, like, yep. stay away from that girl, she'll give you the Maybe dick mushrooms. Maybe that should be our thing. Dick mushrooms? That's the idea. <laughs> like, there would be dick mushroom t-shirts and dick mushroom hats. I meant just for the short video. <laughs> Hashtag dick mushrooms. Yeah tweet at us hashtag dick mushrooms <laughs> our twitter is at disney dudes pc
1: follow PC us stands for podcast i
0: actually tweeted a funny picture of uh lady not of uh from peter pan and i don't even know if dustin saw it because he doesn't follow us but i was funny and no one noticed so if you check out our twitter you can see it sorry about that everyone but yes please please uh tell your friends give us reviews get the word out there spoke uh word of mouth is a good way to spread these things around i've been telling people i work with i don't know if any of them have listened to it but i told one she listened so you know maybe but uh yeah i, I feel like we do an okay job maybe i'm a little biased um <laughs> there are probably people who could put more work into it than we do do more research than we do but i think we give interesting takes that so we put a lot of thought into what we're doing and are trying to pick the best disney movie and we'd love uh you know to hear from you guys if you like it too or even if you don't like it because again we like attention (laughs) and uh yeah if you'd like to give us your thoughts on the any of the films we got coming up stick around after the credits you'll hear me say what our next two episodes are going to be and you can send us an email at dudeswatchdisney at gmail.com that's really all we got i we talked for two hours so i don't want to talk about fast food right now (laughs) unless you got something good oh not really um we'll save it for another time then okay uh so yeah thanks for sticking with us and uh get ready for sleep and beauty bye bye dudes other things we say at the end of an episode thank you for listening to another episode of the dudes watch disney podcast Hi everyone, this is Jake here, reminding you all to like, rate, review, but most of all, subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube, so no matter which podcast venue you like to use, we're there and we're not hard to find. We also invite you to follow us on Twitter, at DisneyDudesPC. The PC stands for podcast. We also want to hear from you guys. If you have any fun childhood memories or fun stories about these films, please shoot us an email and share them with us. We'll read them out on the show. Our email address is dudeswatchdisney at gmail.com, so please send us your thoughts and join in on the discussion. For reference, the next two films we're going to be talking about are 101 Dalmatians and The Sword in the Stone. So if you can email us your thoughts before we sit down to record again, we'll be happy to share them with the world. or er, the small portion of the world that subscribes to this podcast. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Uh, bye!